Okay, and we're live. How's it going, Zach? Oh, it's going well. How are you tonight, Aaron? I'm doing good. Are you ready <laughs> to expand your understanding? Yeah, a little bit, man. It's always good. <laughs> you and I have good conversations. It'll be good. So, okay, so this is uh, Expanded Understanding Podcast, and uh, Zach and I are going to be co-hosting this for the foreseeable future, and we're just going to ride that out. We'll have different guests on the show. Frank Castle might be on tonight, and tonight we're going to talk about uh, the Bible, or religious texts, psychology, and you being the placebo, or you being the placebo. I can hear your audio coming in through the yep, background. Yeah, I got to go change. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'll start, uh, I'll start rolling on the topic. So, okay, so the Bible and religious text. So I'm just going to lay out here, go through um, a linear framework for um, a, a way, a framework to go through the religious text or biblical text. It's a way that I went through it, um, and they lead to avenues of connection that, to me, so starting with the synopsis, the whole thing, all relates back to your own psychology, whatever you believe, whatever belief system, whatever religious texts or um, archetypal metaphors or whatever you use for you, ultimately what what are you using within your own psychology to bring the results that you desire? And if we're going to talk about generally desired roles, results by human beings, that's to be more healthy, more healed, more whole, more functional in this life so that you can live the life that you want to live, a life that, and I think for most people that, that comes to some general realities of it's not so much how much money do I have, but do I have enough money or resources to live the life I want to live and then whatever it takes to get there in some practical way. But, but putting um, and then traumas and uh, generational habit patterns and things that would hinder us from actually living a life that where we can be present in our body uh, and connected to ourselves in, in a myriad of ways. So the religious text dynamic. So I started out in the Christian church for the majority of my life. Now those, um, the framework within there as a general tool and framework, like there's still verses to this day that deeply resonate with me. So the, the verse, it says, uh, uh, be still and know that I am God. So to be still and to know, which is yada in Hebrew, which in the original Hebrew language, uh, the word, the picture images is an intimate knowing through the eye gate, through actual eye, close, intimate knowledge and connection. So to know, be still find stillness, to know, have an intimate knowledge of Elohim or God, that I am God or that you are God, that we are little G gods. Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, do not your own scriptures say that you are gods, little G gods, Elohim, which is plural. So if you're going to take it just with interpreting text within the text, then we're getting into religious space within the 44,000 denominations who all have their own stream on it. So I'm just going to give you my take and through my experience with the text. And I know very intimately inside those dynamics. But this whole podcast and dynamic is literally, we're talking about those things, but expanding beyond just one belief system or one structure being the right way. It's really whatever works for you because you are the placebo and you're the one who screws up all the studies because you got healed when you just ate a sugar pill. How does that happen? Right. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, what we end up like making our life out to be is, is that's what the story was, right? Right. So your life's your sugar cube or lemons. Right. And you may you figure it out, man. You create your reality. You're the placebo. So manifest the reality you want to see. So, so the, can you teach me a good way to make lemonade out of those lemons? Uh, yeah. So here, let me show you how I made lemonades out of uh, a lemonade, a religion or a belief system structure that actually brought me benefit and healing and wholeness and all these great things to my life as I went through it. But as I would continue to expand my understanding, just as my natural inclination to do. 
I would have occasionally hit walls within the construct because there wouldn't be a framework to explain some of my own experiences, right? Encounters with, there's enough of a framework within the Christian to understand angels and demons, to understand operating things beyond just the physical, but also very much the physical, the practical dynamics and practical ways to live a lifestyle where you're increasing, like I talked about yesterday, the fruits of the spirit, the love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And that in those things, there's no law against those things. If you're pursuing those, increasing those in your life, there's nothing that's saying this is wrong, this is bad, even at a societal level, right? And there's only the the negative dynamic when it's unbalanced, when you're too loving or what we would, would think is love, but you're really enabling people or you're allowing people to walk all over you. That's not love. That's where English words can be tricky. But as a general framework, it's a pretty good framework. So within the church, I was doing all those things. Now, as my... Um, as I began to expand out just through experiences and past relationship I was with, I was trying to understand her psychology and what was going on in dynamics beyond my own study and awareness. And so I began to find different ministries within there that had been exploring uh, people who'd been through some extreme SRA DID trauma. And that's the satanic ritual abuse and dissociative identity disorder. So psychologically, they know that before the age of seven, before your brainwave state starts to switch over to a whole nother deal that you can dissociate uh, a psyche uh, much easier before the age of seven and complete dissociation where you have the, the complete blackout of your primary presenter personality and embodying a fully different personality. So I was going through these podcasts and hearing their stories and seeing a lot of the resonances and what I was experiencing in my relationship. And, um, but it, but more than that, it wasn't just the psychology of it. It was also the spiritual dynamics, if you will, Understanding like soul contract revocations, understanding epigenetic expression, our DNA, being able to articulate and voice proclamations and articulations, affirmations, all those kind of things, because they have psychological, physiological roots, regardless of the paradigm you're using, using. So when people so one of the things that comes up sometimes, myself included, is, well, when I've had bad situations happen or demonic things happen, I call the name of Jesus and they go away. Right. Which that happens. I know I've done it now to me. What I think is actually happening beyond just the surface level, and that's fine, is that we, we're the engine. We have the power. Our belief was that Jesus could make it go away. So when you believe what you're saying in the name of Jesus, sure. that thing goes away. But you did it, right? But yeah, your so avenue. Really more it's like what your belief in what you're saying rather than what you're saying. Or, or the, the belief in your intentions of what you're trying to do, no matter what you say or don't say. Like Neo, right? To be able to just stop the bullets with his hand. You don't have to say anything. Like I think when we know in an energetic level and eventually on a physical level, I think that's true too. But so and when, when we talk intent- about like that scene, like Neo, like what do you think they mean like that? Like, okay, so maybe there is the capability that we could like stop bullets with our mind. Right. Like, but on a level that is more like practical to what we're actually doing in our life. Like, what is that a metaphorical representation of something that you feel that maybe you could do with your own mind? Yeah, so like being able to have control over our autonomic nervous system. So if we're going into states of anxiety or fear or major um, anything and overwhelming to the nervous system, knowing that through our breath that we can literally bring stillness to our nervous system. So not even having to say words or like in different yoga positions, somatic release, like we looked up yesterday and different things where you can help your body find balance again in extreme states of stasis but i think even on a psychological level there's a way it's you don't have to do the poses you don't have to necessarily breathe you can have an awareness of your own psyche and your own sovereignty for lack of better words like 
that you're able to handle and process through calmly. Bring yourself to a state of internal calmness to process so you can respond to the situation that's at hand, not just react. Sure. So kind of like maybe we could even simplify that and say like anything that's generating stillness. So it's kind of like a metaphor for the ability to generate stillness in your own reality. Totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Yeah. Okay, so – so through the, um, and here's what's cool about that verse, the be still and know that I am God. So the met, one of the metaphors that I found that works really, really well is uh-huh. a computer. So if, if our CPU is our heart and the, oh gosh, I haven't broken this down in a while. Um, we'll just start with that before breaking into the RAM and all the other dynamics. So yeah. they you do this at CES, like down in California, where they, they will do, they'll try to overclock CPUs, right? So you can get the best overclock speeds and all the stats. Yeah. And, and to do that, what they do is they have to, um, or one of the ways they do that uh, is they pour liquid nitrogen onto the CPU. Yeah. Because if you could, the theory being, and the proving to be through math and science and whatnot, that if you can get to um, infinite stillness, absolute zero, where there's no vibration of the atoms or whatever, you have a perfect conductor. So there's sure. no heat output. So it's a perfect conductor. So literally, the more still you can become, the colder, the more you can bring that stillness internally the more you get close to infinite knowledge accessible to your own little here's, psyche. Here's something I always thought is interesting, though, because, like, when we're talking about that, we're talking about bringing the vibration to nothing. And then in, in like, New Age or spirituality, oftentimes they talk about becoming high vibe. Isn't, like, in, in that kind of function, isn't high vibe the opposite of stillness? Right. So it's interesting. So, like, it, because it does seem like a, um, a dichotomy or a... Um, uh, dynamic that if you're really active, you're not necessarily still. And I don't think, so I don't know, maybe we can parse this out. So the stillness is an internal disposition from that stillness. For me, I guess, okay, maybe it's coherence or stillness, a place where you can respond. So you can be very active, but if you're you're internally present and still or coherent, those choices are still very present, um, still, they're made from a place of response and from stillness, even if there's a, a lot of activity. So it's not so much the external dynamic, even though calming the external circumstances can help bring stillness internally. But when you can tap into that stillness internally 24 seven, sure. you don't necessarily need the external to match it. So do you think that, cause a lot of times like high vibes really more used for like just the way you feel, right. Or like the way that right. you're, I mean, sometimes it gets applied to the way that you're like approaching reality, but you know, so it's not necessarily an action, but more like a, like a way of being, do you feel like you can yeah. be quote unquote high vibe and also be still like simultaneously? Can I be yeah, like I so high vibe I'm still again? Or like how's that work? <laughs> I think probably I think probably the other way around, right? Like that uh, they're they're inseparable from one another. So stillness is high vibe. It's not just it's not behavior modification. It's heart transformation. You know, to use to use those words in that paradigm. So instead of just changing our actions externally changing uh-huh. the internal disposition so that the external actions naturally change on their own instead of just forcing ourselves into good habits to, again, what, to approve, to gain approval from ourselves that we're a good person because we incorporate these good habits or you incorporating good habits for a time in a season to change your internal disposition permanently. Sure, like, in some are you way, actually trying to get a result or just trying to like bolt on this new thing you're supposed to, you think you're supposed to do? It's kind of what totally. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. 
yeah bolt on thing you think you're supposed to do that doesn't work don't do that like that no work. not at all <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. the wrong way i don't know how you think about that but like never do that <laughs> yeah well that's it so that that's within the christian paradigm understanding the dynamic of um relationship versus religion so the mm -hmm. dynamics that i was was always a part of understood that dynamic within any church any construct i imagine it's the same true for muslims for buddhists for really anybody when you get into certain temples or denominations or certain churches they're led by people in leadership who also are human beings who have their own issues potentially they haven't dealt with or other sure. stuff going on so it's, yeah. it's dealing with humans really but the the um um oh shoot i totally lost my train of thought on that denominations churches nope totally gone <laughs> it'll come back i'm sure <laughs> no, so, so i mean the thing was like the high the high vibe and the stillness like still to me in a certain way they i mean like i have a conceptualization inside of myself of how that ends up happening but like i'm trying to like i try to see it in some kind of logical visualization when i want to feel when i when i feel like i have a knowing is like when i feel like my head in my mind i can create a logical like scientific diagram of how that's happening when I do that, then I feel like I'm in the right place. But it takes me usually like learning a lot of shit in order to yeah. be able to make that diagram and feel comfortable with it. But like, I mean, if you think about it's like waves, right? So if it gets high vibe enough and it, like the frequency is high enough from a certain perspective, that ends up just like looking like a flat line again. You know what I mean? And in a certain oh, way, absolutely. any wave viewed from far enough away looks like a flat line, like, right? Like you have to be close enough in order to be able to perceive its variance. So I think yep. at like a certain scale, every, no matter what vibe you were, no matter what the frequency or magnitude was, if I pull out far enough away from that, it looks like a flat line again. And in that kind right. of like that, I guess you call it superposition, right? Like it could be like a really high vibe line, but it's mm -hmm. also simultaneously from out here, just still a flat line. And that's like that in that superposition is, is where I think we can actually find that. I don't necessarily know how like you do that in your life or whatever, but it just kind of resolves the paradox. Cause to me, like that stillness is still nothing's happening. High vibe. That's a lot of stuff happening. Right. Yeah, totally. Well, so then so one, one's, uh, one's probably the difference between internal disposition versus external action. I mean, with that, that sounds like that's where the, maybe the dissonance is on that dynamic, thinking high vibe, but also be still as if they're dichotomous and they're not, but they, I think they, they seem they can be. Yeah. I mean, I guess like, like that high vibe again, like we apply that to a lot of things. Maybe that means to you, like you're doing a lot of things or having a lot of experiences, but to some people that really just means like they really like approach the world with, a loving outlook I've found in some totally. situations. Yeah. So, so that, so that I, I wonder, okay, so let me process this through. So I wonder, and based on experiences with other people, obviously my own experiences and, you know, observing and reflecting on my own psyche and whatnot. But like, it seems to me there's, there's a decent amount of people in the world who are not high vibe in that sense, right? Just a lot internally chaotic the way that you mm -hmm. describe so opposite of that right there's a lot of anxiety a lot of uh sense of just obligation sense of just that the overwhelming intensity or something at a core level like sure. you actually feel and i and i've i mean i felt that at different times and i feel those things at times when they come up but in general as a baseline frequency for my existence it's it feels very still 
internal, even as intensely yeah. active as I am and like, and positive and passionate and like all that stuff, you know, and it, it, different times I find that throughout the day, but I'm, it's more of, I'm just aware of it. I'm aware that there's just stillness with me, you know, so not much throws me off or not much gets me to a place where I'm just bored. I'm just, I don't know. I like, I'm, I'm very present in whatever I'm doing and finding value and at some, some form of education in whatever I'm doing. Sure. But like, so like, but functionally for you, what do you think like functionally creates the space that a person is able to do that in? Like we always have like our specific story that we put on it. Like I feel comfortable as long as I'm able to supply these things for myself and I have those things. But like, what do you, I think that we play like a role in like allowing it because I've found a bunch of ways like in my life where regardless of how I was performing, like I like don't allow myself to be happy in the space or don't allow myself to enjoy it. I keep on like looking for the next thing to overcome or something. So like that stillness I've recognized, like a lot of the times my problem with my stillness has been that I'm keeping myself busy, you know, but that, so, so what do we really, in terms of that, like, well, I guess in a certain way, the way that I'm breaking it down, like the question is like, do you just like be become okay with not being busy or do you have to like find things that you think are worth being busy with or what is it that makes it so that it's like, I'm still, but I'm active. Okay. So are you asking personally or are you asking to try to just draw more out of the subject? I mean, like personally to you, like, I don't know the answer to this question. So like, I'm interested in perspective. Yeah, no, fair enough. Good answer too. Um, So, okay. So another, I guess another dynamic to balance out. Okay. So instead of just focusing on stillness and trying to re-describe and re-describe stillness, we can also describe something by contrast, right? So what isn't stillness, not necessarily activity, but inside of me. So when, when do I know, a place where I'm avoiding, where I'm doing, I'm being busy. It sounds like what you're describing kind of to avoid dealing with something, an emotion or just a reality, a circumstance that I just don't, it sucks that that is the way it is. And I'd rather not think about that shit right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm one thing, just self-awareness is such a huge dynamic. So I'm aware that I'm doing that. Whereas I think sometimes we're not aware when we're distracting ourselves from something. So I take pride and value in knowing at least being aware of where I'm avoiding something just in my own internal place, right? And to me, that means there's a part of me that's not in coherence or stillness because there's something that I'm avoiding looking at for whatever reason, even if it's just for a few hours, a few minutes, a few days, any in varying degrees, it's a spectrum, uh-huh. right? And then when I find something though, I, it's not often I avoid things for very long. It's like once I realize it's there, I realize that's the path forward in progression just in my own life, my own psyche, my own health. I have to I have to deal with it. I want to deal with it. I, you know, I honor yeah. dealing with anything especially like when i'm trying to avoid something it makes me that much more excited to deal with it because i don't feel like i have that too often you know sure. which is great or but and so is that where you, you always it, were is that something that you feel like you turned into um i think that's how i've always been but that would the only constraints on that fundamental paradigm of mine or operating mode was the religious construct that I was in because there were only so many ways you could only, and I don't want to oversimplify this. I really want to do when I, anytime I talk about it and the different dynamics, things can be funny, but in this dynamic, like there really are so many avenues within that dynamic to find expansion, find healing, find all these ways for me. 
the things I was experiencing straining into what for other people are safe boundaries, basically whatever's laid out within the theology of 66 books and not outside of that within what they approve of being uh, the texts that are validated by God and preserved sure. to actually make theology Christianity from and how we should as the religion presents it. Yes. As, as basically this is what the Bible says about itself and it's not just their opinion. This is what the Bible, if you're going to use those six, six books, here's what it says. And that's ultimately yeah, where some of the biggest differences I'll have with Christians is. Yeah. Sure. And the, uh, the biggest difference is, is that they believe everything we need to know about eternity, God, you know, if I'm in the new age deception now, that whole thing is based off of their interpretation internally of just 66 books and that their life experiences match what they find in those books. I get it. I was a part of that, that they, they know how to deal sure. with demons, all that kind of other, whatever in their own psyche, they're beautiful families, they're beautiful people. It's really more of a, a psychological or a cognitive disagreement about the words and the framework in that book. See, I feel that framework that's, I found a beautiful way within there for people to heal and myself included. I, I've, I've found even through the same dynamics and some Muslim groups or dynamics and other traditions, but really that's what I, for me, then it ended up spreading into was that it's about psychology. It's about you. It's about you understanding you and you interpreting and being able to process. And then the physiology, smile, fascial release and somatic release and, um, how stuck emotions will get trapped in our bowels, like enemas mm -hmm. and different things can cause massive emotional release because it literally can be tracked mucosa lining from traumas as a kid, you know? So like it's a human experience that we're experiencing. So however someone connects with their outside world is cool to me. That's I love the diversity of people sure, and man. when it's functional, when it's functional for them, how much better, like, think about this. I've thought about this a lot. There's a level of where everybody comes to the same answer, the same truth matters to some extent, right? Y'all y'all agree on the same truth. We stop at red lights. We don't just do whatever we want at red lights or sure, something like, like that. There's like a right? consensus so agreement that seems to form. Right. But then um, uh, uh, – oh, shoot. We all agree on the same truth, you were saying. Yeah, yeah, but the story I was going to tell or the thing. Um, oh. <laughs> okay, here, here's what it is. Here it is. Okay, so – uh, I was thinking about, so they ask some kid, let's say in, in math class growing up, they, the teacher gives a problem on the board and you have to show your work, right? And let's say this kid gets the right answer, and but their work is, is to, to most people is just insane. It's nonsensical, makes no sense. They're drawing shapes, they're doing this, da, da, da. The answer is seven. Sure. Right? They yeah, got the right very, answer. Like very does logical. It does, it, does it matter how they got it though? Who cares? They, and if, especially if they can do that repetitively and consistently, then who cares? They're right. getting the right answer just because they're not learning the way you did it. Sure. You know? Sure. I had a huge problem in school with like not showing your work and stuff like that. Cause it's like, I, I don't know. A lot of times I just like didn't need it. Like I just knew the answer. I don't right. Know. Well, then it, that's where it can be oppressive in a sense where you're forced to show your work, but not in a way in the one or two ways they tell you, you can do it. Yeah. Specifically like this. It's really interesting too, because like when common core math came out, like I, everybody went like, oh, it's just so stupid. Who would do math like that? And I like looked at it and I was like, that's kind of, no, that's pretty much how I do math in my head. Like I split it apart like that. And then I add them together just because it makes it like simpler functions. For some reason, it's easier to order like that in my head. But like if I would have written out what I was doing in my head when I was in school, they would have told me I was wrong. But if I went back to school now at that same age and wrote out that way, I'd be doing like common core math perfectly kind of weird totally yeah yeah it's interesting um 
and so another dynamic even in the Christian church. So even in this poster that I've got down here, which is, you know, a man uh, like a crystal being breaking out of his mold or his flesh or the things that, you know, make him dirty or, or bind him or hold him down. And there's a verse at the bottom, Second uh, Corinthians, and it talks about that once someone is in Christ, that we are no longer to look at them just after the flesh, but we see them after the spirit or after who they actually are beyond just their nervous system programs or their cultural programming or upbringing, right? So you're able to see people at a soul level, if you will, because you're seeing beyond the, just the surface level programs and dynamics. And Christ, so when, is, when does someone have Christ in them? Right. There's that within Christians. That's a big deal. That's salvation point. That really sure. matters that you can define that. But when do you define that for the outside one? To me, it's metaphorical. It's archetypal. So it's not that simple. It's not like you have to have a Christ figure or an image of a Christ, new Christ consciousness frequency in your body. Like you can if that works for you. Fine. But but when do you have Christ in you? And I think um, to me, it's something to the effect of like a self-checking thing. A beautiful person is someone who is healed enough to help another person heal themselves mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Okay. Right. So this. So um. So really, it doesn't matter necessarily how you get there, but that we're progressing in that way in our lives. That we feel like we're able to heal. That we can have we can have healthy relationships, not just um you know, intimate or, or, uh, you know, uh, partners or relationships, but family relationships, work relationships. How do you deal with people? How do you deal with being treated poorly or just being annoyed with someone? You know, yeah, all those I little, feel like people in the modern things. day have really like normalized a pretty low functionality level inside of their relationships. It's like across the board, you know, right. Like the, even, even though like what their expectation is for a good relationship, if I'm like to break that down, I'm like, I mean, like, is it really like, that's like, you're asking for a pretty meager diet there. It feels like to me, you know, and right. I mean, like you could say like, maybe like my standards are high or something, but like to clarify, like I don't require every person in my life is like some gigantic dish that can overwhelmingly feed me with food. I like people for, because they exist and I check them out for what they have. But like, if your standard for a relationship is this, that, you know, well, at least they cook dinner for me. And then like, you're getting all this engagement to it. Like, is, is that really like, are these the kind of relationships you want to be in? Or like the standards of what a boss is in this day and age, oftentimes, like, I don't know. I mean, I've had a lot of managers and bosses at different levels of operation and business in my life. And a lot of times, Almost every time I've had like three good bosses and like 300 bosses, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's from like the employee perspective. Uh, I'm only one belief, but I would say a good percentage of the other people who worked with me on the 297 bosses that were not good on that would agree that that boss was like problematic for a lot of reasons, you know? And it seems to just be kind of like the standard, right? Like, do you Mm -hmm. feel that, and this is totally like a biased opinion question, but do you feel that the average person, and it's like so subjective, Jesus, do you feel that the average person in this day and age holds themselves up to a high enough standard? No, totally not. And I think, but I think a lot of it, so it's like, it's not about, well, somebody's better because they have higher standard or better in value as a human being. It's, it's more, I think it's just people don't know what they don't know, man. Your your you, your expectations are created by your environment growing up, or a deep knowingness, and both. It's usually a mixture sure. of both, right? So, 
and, and you learn through life. So a lot of times we are expected, like our nervous system, our emotional, psychological dynamic learns the things that help us survive. Mm-hmm. So during some kind of trauma as a kid or just your parents yelling, and if you're you know, a really sensitive child, that can be just as traumatic as them like screaming in your face and beating you, just them screaming at each other or whatever. It can affect the nervous system in ways that you dissociate or something happens. You, you block that off in some way. You create some kind of uh, response program to deal with that, to be the good child, to not, you know, whatever, little things, minor things or big overarching things. Um, but if you're not aware that that's affecting you, then your expectations are created out of that dynamic. You learn to sure. just be a, a participant in a relationship so that, um, for example, where you're looking, you're you're just doing the behaviors you, you know you need to do to not get yelled at. But at certain levels, you're not actually allowed to express and be yourself. You know, sure. so, yeah. yeah. I feel I feel people bail out on, like, they're learning about what's, like, basically possible for themselves too early. And as a byproduct of totally. that, they, like, their their standards are actually like set pretty low like if they as long as they like get the career and they have a family like then they're doing a good job and Mm -hmm. i just i I, it's not that i don't think those things are important like i think those things are cool and if that's what you want to do with your life i 100,000 percent support you i just think there's like a lot more to life too i think you can do those things and you can do like five thousand other things and there's all kinds of right. cool inner experiences and outer experiences that you can have. And just so many different ways to refine yourself that I just feel like the standard person, because you're, I mean, I think you're totally right. Like you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why don't they know about things that they could know about? And it's really what it must be to my mind, because they just like, they stop looking for something new, like too soon. Right, like, yeah. like at some at some point they're like this is this is everything, and like maybe it's only like one percent. Like I actually, I guess, like if I have like some kind of fear, which like I try to live like without fear. But if I was to say I like had a fear, one fear is that like that I will end up in a position where I'm actually only like one percent of what I could be, and believe I'm mm-hmm. actually like operating beyond one hundred percent. Because I would just right. be like totally comfortable with where I was and be, oh man, I'm crushing it, but I'm actually only like 1%. You know what I mean? That's like right. in a weird way, like terrifying to me. You know, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I would be so diminished from what I could be, but I would have no idea, you know? <laughs> right. No, I mean, that makes perfect sense. And that, uh, um, uh, it's interesting that the, the dynamic of, um, so when, when we're in pain, we're motivated to change, right? So, you know, yeah. whatever the situation is, if you lost, you spend all your money poorly or the bad habits and you lose your job and you lose your home or whatever. I mean, the pain eventually usually motivates us to change behavior. Right. But it's once you get to a place of neutrality, so things aren't painful every day anymore. Let's say it's worse than, um, oh, no kidding. All right, Frank. Frank's been backstage for like eight minutes. That's because he was scrolled down. Thanks for telling me, Frank. <laughs> Hold on. All right, so let's all. There he is, Mr. Frank Castle. You good? What's up? Oh, no audio. There he is. No audio. What's up, man? No, you're good. You you're me? good. I hear you now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Excellente. Aaron's got a fixed overlays. Hi, Frank. It's nice to meet you finally. I've watched a lot of your stuff, and we've, I'm sure we've seen each other around. It's good to meet you, though. <laughs> it's nice to meet you, too, Zach. I um, I recognized you last night um, <laughs> when you were doing the video. I was like, who the hell is that? And then I opened Facebook, and you were right there. I was <laughs> like, oh, it's my dude, Zach. 
<laughs> How you guys doing? Yeah. Doing good, man. Chatting about the Bible and stuff. <laughs> I'd like to get your take Yay. on what we're talking about right now. Like I was, we were just talking about like kind of the concept of the standards that a current, the average person holds themselves to and that, you know, maybe that average standard isn't so high, but what is the reasoning behind like what? So what well, we postulated that they, they kind of just like, they don't know what they don't know. And so there's a certain level where you start to say like, okay, I'm good enough. But why is it that they end up kind of limiting that knowledge? You know what I mean? Is there, is it because just like, well, like it is good enough somewhere. And that place is like with a white picket fence and a dog in like a house and like, you're good. Right. Or is it because that's just like the only thing that they ever see and they just cease to look like, what's your take on that? It's probably a little bit of both of that, but up front for the majority, like on the flat front, it would be um, people are seeing other people, hearing what other people, they're shown by other people what they think they should have to say, be like, act like. So you're getting this weird dichotomy that's happening, and then you have someone like, let's say one of us, who are in that, and maybe you achieve like for me, I got signed. I was on stage with everyone. I did all that. I was not happy. Mm-hmm. They were not happy. Right? There was happy moments, but it wasn't right. like a happy thing. So I'm like, I finally made it. This is it. This is what yeah. we all wanted. And everyone quit. It was like, I don't want this. This is literally nah. what I don't want. So then you start to say, well, what else is there? And you start questioning it. And then you try to break free of that. Some people stay caught in the mundane, though. Right. And then you, you're sure. constantly looking at the white picket fence and the guy with the nice car and the guy with the hot girl. And they're like, oh, you don't do it like this. Well, then you're beat. Right. I can't even talk to my cousin, Dan. Right. If it doesn't include Yeezys or some I don't know what that's called. Yeezys like their sneakers. Yeah. With his weird pink hat. That's three hundred dollars. And this, that. You know, <laughs> and he's like, Dude, I look fresh. And I'm like, you're wearing skinny jeans and you're two hundred and fifty pounds. You're five <laughs> foot six. So it doesn't look good on you. Right, you look some <laughs> blue air up your up your, you know, and then, sh- and he's like, "Oh, check out this shirt," and I'm like, "Dude, it's pink. How much did that cost?" So oh, this is four hundred eighty dollars. So you you can't Whoa. even get in a conversation edgewise to these guys. I'm he's like, "Oh, I'm dressed head to toe fly. If you ain't like this, I'm not even gonna concern myself with you." And his girl's looking at me going, "And this is why I'm having trouble talking to you because every time I bring up ayahuasca, here this comes along and comes and sits in the room with us." And I'm like, sure. wow, so you got both of what you're talking about sitting in the room together dating. Yeah. Do you right? feel like a distance like that in a relationship is actually resolvable? Like that seems like a big I distance. I, yeah. Yes. Yes. If the one that's a little out there trapped in that society thing, like check my easies, he's got to want to. Yeah. Right. And then the other person has to have a desire to stay with that person and think they could continue. Because if not, sure. they're going to look, you know, like you uh, you start doing yoga somewhere and your partner's not doing it and they're just eating everything in the fridge and you start pulling away from that attitude. And uh, then now you're in yoga, you're around all sweet, clean people, sexy people and people that want to be healthy. And then someone gives you the eye. Oh, you're yeah. here too for the same thing as me. And then all of a sudden it's, Right, it just happens. Yeah, and you're yeah. Like, well, is I'm that, just pulling Frank, away Frank, from is that, that old style now. Is that sex? Is that you what that is? Is that, that was your you way of it? <laughs> yeah. Then, then you know, we we do the thing. You know, the the thing. 
you know, it makes <laughs> people feel good, but then if they regret it later sometimes, <laughs> other times they don't give it, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right on. You never it know until you know. You, you, yeah, exactly. So it's and it's got to be every combination. So here's the thing. Source didn't come here to um, um, just be repetitive with this nonsense, right? What they're doing is they're seeing how far it goes in every direction. So every one of us has a situation that's defined directly to us that could go in any which way, shape, or form. And it's like digging out every crevice. Let's see what's behind door number two and three and four and five. And it's constantly being revealed in these weird combinations, right? Infinite combinations. Uh -huh. So source could witness it. And then people like us who are source can sit down and go have this conversation and say, look how deep it goes here. Look how crazy it is over there. But we're like this, but we're trying to be not judgmental. It's just something we're aware of. And now we're trying to pull away from. So to understand the darkness, they would say, right? Source had to send us in to the darkness. Like uh -huh. the, you have to go to the deepest layer and then start walking around. You yeah. don't just come right back up. You got to go down there and you got to carve a path so I can see what it means to be dark. Right. I have to experience yeah. it, witness it. So I understand. So then we can end it. Yeah, I mean, like, so I no feel like suffering. a lot of people have this experience that they're, like, trying to get back to source. Did you say, like, most people you talk to feel like they're getting back to it? I feel like the majority of people on this planet that, like, do drugs, straight drugs, we're not going to say ethogens or nothing like that. They're just doing drugs. Sure. Is they, they call it escapism, or then they add addiction to it. I did it. I didn't do everything. Um, I did a lot of stuff. I partied a lot. Right. The minute uh -huh. I drank ayahuasca and smoked DMT, sure. I realized that the entire time, whatever the drug was doing to me for the escapism or for the addiction was to really uh, remove the I, I, whatever I was feeling was non separation. Like I was part uh -huh. of something. I felt it more. I had more feeling. And, you know, and then ayahuasca was like, oh, let me open the tether from you to source. There's a choker on it. Boom. And it was yeah. like my whole head was lit. And I go, oh, this is like, you know, space coke, like on, on crack, cocaine, on and on and on. You just add them all and it's, it's not even touching. It's, but this is how we're supposed to naturally feel. And they're like, well, yeah, you're source. Yeah. You want to feel like cocaine. You want to feel like Molly. You want to feel like this. You want to feel like that. You could just feel that way. But the intent is this. And I'm like, well, I don't, yeah. I never did another thing again. I, I didn't do drugs for escapism at that point i was like right. oh I, I was missing my connection to source yeah the whole time the minute that connection was made i, I stepped away from everything yeah right? i got so kind of like a like message searching. at one point in time that like really the whole reason i had been doing drugs is because they were like teaching me just how to basically be them like how to just kind of have that state on my own and understand them and think like that and see my reality through that lens yeah, okay, so you sure. you saying that's really interesting because my my relationship with entheogens in this last year specifically, but even my mindset in studying them and going into them in the last few years, um, the 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 most one of one of the simplest ways I can say that my greatest benefit and enjoyment of trying different psychedelics, entheogens, or whatever, is the additional added layer of perception that it gives me. Right. So you said learning to drug or being like the drug or Frank, you're talking about it taking you to a place, but it's a place inside of you. It just is a vehicle to help. So we were talking about this yesterday, too, that you can't feel something you've never felt before. Right. So it's so important, like our, our interdependent dynamic as a emotionally interdependent society in different ways. We all have and give and receive form and love with other humans in different ways and whatever. But that that um, 
if you've never been loved or treated well in a relationship, let alone with fathers or dynamics, but just in a relationship, then until you're treated well in a relationship, you don't know what that feels like. Right. Or I find interesting that you can, once you've had enough positive experiences, so you know what it feels like to not feel something, you know what it is to feel that and then to feel that in your body afterwards. And you have to do that enough times. I feel like you can, through meditations and things, you can visualize or see yourself in those positions and actually feel something you've never felt before without actually physically having to experience it. And the point is, it's the feeling in the body. So the different antigens or Molly or any of that stuff. They're giving you different overlays, additional perceptions that seems to me would make sense that when you in this body, in this lifetime, that you feel a resonance of that thing, even if you've never experienced it in this lifetime before, like Lucy, for example, doing that recently, I've done it several times recently. And every time it's like when I, when I, that overlay comes in on my physical vessel, my psychology, my, just my processing of things, it feels, everything feels right. I've been here forever. Like I've done this in many, I mean, the best metaphor I can come up with, whether one, I believe it or not, you know, whatever, but like, is that I've done this in many, many lifetimes. It's like walking into a room and you're just like, and you, and you dawned on you, this is a room, this is a friend's house you used to go to all the time as a kid and a massive memories come flooding back and you just have, there's an actual resonance there. And so then, then also though, being in that experience and like the same thing you were saying, Frank too. And then or, you guys are both saying it. That's the whole thing's interesting. So then finding at times when I was um, thinking about doing DMT, but I didn't have have it on me or in the moment or something. So instead, or at the very least to prep before I did that, I thought I'd start meditating, put in some frankincense and resins and feeling back into the frequency of DMT, just for that that frequency and what it feels like in my body and went through an experience that was pretty much all DMT experience. Right. So so yeah. I think we are the placebo that we create our reality, it depends on where we choose to put our focus and our awareness because energy goes or energy flows or attention goes. Bruce Lipton. Hmm. Absolutely. You know, what's crazy. Ayahuasca said to me day one, you know, your job or your purpose is to become me, right? You want to feel like something, right? You so what is it like to feel like this? And remember we talked about this. Um, when, when you eat mushrooms, you get that trippy feeling, right? It's really weird. It's alien. It's like you're walking through this and you're like, uh, I don't know what's happening to me. Something. So I started embracing that and saying to myself, well, you guys keep telling me we're supposed to feel like this all the time. So I'm, I'm going to stop saying this is the yucky feeling that's passing me through and say I'm changing my frequency. This is what I should feel like all the time. And this other thing occurred where it. They're like, you, you feel what you're feeling? I'm like, this is amazing. This is the greatest thing ever. And they're like, okay. So now if you want to feel like you're doing a drug, think about Molly. And then you're like, oh, I, I know what Molly tastes like and what it, what it makes me feel like. Boom. And then all of a sudden, it's like you took a giant hit of Molly. Mm -hmm. You're just doing it. Yo. Right. Right. And I, I've had like cocaine flashbacks, right? But Aya was showing me like, oh, you want to feel cocaine? Is that what you want to feel? Here, just feel it. And just remember. Remember what it felt like? Oh. Oh, oh, and then I was like, holy, sh wow, oh my, oh. and it was like I was busting lines off the table or something for that moment, yeah. and then it stopped, and then she was like, you can just do that, is that what you want, and I was like, oh, I don't like that feeling no more, I, I prefer the feeling of feeling like when I'm like in here with you, like that awareness level where you're seeing in 360 degrees, and you're, it's just out of control, I'm like, right. I'm built for that, right, so I don't even, I, I see them as little jump off points, yeah, awareness through the lens and everything, but we are so much more. So to experience totally. them, all roads lead to Oz, right? We were talking about that earlier, too. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. You could do Molly and have an experience. So I met uh, Zach not 
many nights ago, maybe like five nights ago, six nights ago, I had an experience where I would like to say guys on a ship contacted me while I was sitting in my backyard. I mean, they literally came through. It was 100%. And I noticed other people, some people were on the ship that I knew from the Fearless family. And then as I was looking, I was just turning my head and he was staring at me and he's like, no, you're my contact, right? So they're here and then we're all making contact. This is like a big meeting, but it's interesting what you chose to do this evening to get here, to, to hit the frequency. And I was like, oh, what's going on? He goes, I was with you when you chose. I opened the little box. It was a little bit of Molly. It was a little bit of mushrooms. And I said, no, I'm going to do Molly tonight. They're like, the Molly hits a frequency note, right? So I have to hit that note with you. Mm. You are rising in frequency, whichever one you do. It's your choice. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. But I have mm-hmm. to have this meeting with you. So we're going to hit these notes. So when I was in the middle of my first and I was just out there looking around and go, boom, it happened. And I was like, whoa, what's going on? And then they just explained it to me. And he, he found it interesting whoa. that I chose Molly over the mushrooms that one night. He's like, I was standing right behind you watching you. He goes, and you made uh, a choice. And I said, okay, tune into him this way. Boom. And then as soon as you walked outside and it started hitting you, the meeting started. I was like, yo, that's crazy on top of crazy, but I love it. Yeah, so, yeah. All roads can take you there if, I guess, appropriated, I guess, with the right intent in your head, mm-hmm. you know? It's Have you had, like, pretty visionary theory. states that you've generated just through meditation and stuff, too? Like, with no drug? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best. That's what you're supposed to do. So, you're not supposed to do the drug, and be, you're supposed to become the pathway that the drug would put you on. Like, sure. you're literally, so, as you're going through this, and you go into meditations... Maybe you'll smoke a little cannabis, right? So then you'll sit down and the meditation just starts turning into way more than it's ever been. If you've been doing mm. the work, you already have the neural pathways designed to get you there. So it's like then now you're doing the regular work. You're supposed to breathe, sit in the sun and do your thing. And then boop, it just happens. So you're mm-hmm. getting the same contact. Although I feel at times, at times, especially recently, the newer things that have been happening to me have been just as strong as any experience which is freaking me out a little bit because when you drink a hard dose of Aya and it's crazy, how could that be like that when I'm just out in the sun? How could something just walk yeah. up and start talking or how can I be, I was telling Aaron this, I was seeing last night <laughs> as if twinkle lights were everywhere. I, know, I thought I was seeing stars flashing and I kept yeah. clearing my eyes. I, I used Visine and then it looked like little bubbles, little, little tiny bubbles moving through the lights and I'm going, what's going on? What is that? And they're like, the next step is the, the when we talk about removing the matrix and all that, it's the awareness that you were trapped in, you're no longer trapped in. So yeah. as you, it takes time. You don't just, oh, now you can see. That's what the plant medicines are for, to get you prepared for that. It's a long, slow process, although you guys are in for the, you, you, the long, slow process has been your lifetimes. Now right. we're here, right? So it's happening so much faster, so much quicker. So it's like, boom, one thing after another, after another, after another to get you set up and ready, prepared for that moment and the ultimate timeline, the optimum timeline that you've been seeking since day one. So you have to, you know, take those journeys, take those paths, then get out there, do the hard work, whatever that is to you. That's noticing your, so you go food shopping and you're the guy that leaves the cart in the middle of the floor, just kind of push yeah. it and leaves it. So like actual okay. integrative work. Right, like you're blocking everybody, you're causing all kinds of problems. Say you do that while you're driving, say you do that with people, say you interrupt people that way or whatever. Those are all issues. 
-hmm. If you're not aware of those issues and you're not becoming aware of those issues and people are making you aware of those issues, you're not doing the work. Yeah. Because the work, as you start doing it, you realize you're picking your nose. Then you're touching your face. <laughs> then you're grabbing your balls. Then you're, you're shaking hands on you. And you're like, whoa, 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 time out, time out, time out. Right, right, yeah. I thought I was just going with the flow and I realized I'm a disgusting pig. <laughs> right and then you start changing well, going with right? the flow yeah. just taught us that <laughs> yeah, so. Good. right if i get I up on you and i'm like this and you're like dude your fucking beard smells like you know whatever yeah and you don't go and wash that thing you're nasty so you're not doing yeah. the work and these are just small examples if you just look at the thing on the floor and go i'll get it later you're not mm -hmm. doing the work so you're yeah. telling me if i pick up the stuff off the floor and i'm like well you would you i don't know if i curse would you sit and poop? Yeah, that's fine. Would you not change yeah. your diaper? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't wear a diaper, whatever. But you, it's the concept is the same. It's poop. Yeah. You're being poop container. <laughs> right? So you walk around. Yeah. Are you going to flick your ash on the floor? You're just going to leave it there? You're just going to... Yeah. You didn't see the ashtray right there? That unawareness is what gets us in trouble. The right, awareness yeah. of the responsibility to that awareness. People are like, well, I got to be responsible for every moment. I'm doing it. It's not as hard as people think. And then once you yeah. start doing it, it's fun because what else you've been doing? You've been trapped the whole time. So yeah. the guard comes down. This is what I was getting at. And you start to see the twinkle lights. That's you breaking through the matrix to the true vision. Right? Because everyone's yeah. like, you look at the scars, you look at the sky, it's all fake, it's all this, it's all that. There's a dome and there's a firmament and there's, rah, 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 rah. they talk about all this <laughs> stuff. And it's like, no, you're in a trap. Right? So if I took a yeah. plot of, if I took a planet, and then put a, like a glass bubble around you that you can't yeah. see. And that's what's trapping you in here. It's not allowing you to get to the fifth density, sixth density. You're going to tell me, oh, there's a firmament, there's this, there's that. You're going to tell me all this stuff. That cracks open and we're able to see, what do you see? Right? Because yeah. everything was in, a fake representation was in this snow globe with you. Sure. And then it opens and then the reality, the organic consciousness flows through and ultimate freedom is beyond the crack. Yeah, right. It's kind of like what's beyond like, oh. the story, but not a specific story. The stories, right? Like you can't Frank, even start. Frank, the story Frank, is so, so that. So right, actually, on the stories, it's a perfect uh, segue here. So even the the theme of the religious texts or the the Bible, the different ancient traditions, um, and uh, psychology, and you are the placebo. But what are your experiences? Because you're you are you. Uh, don't have experiences, don't, not so much the church dynamic. You're in there a little bit when you're younger in that dynamic, but your experiences primarily with those archetypes would be the Egyptian god set, right? Primarily, yeah. In the work through Egyptians, Indian. So how? So so explain to me then. I guess for your since when you started working with them through you know the different uh, ayahuasca and those different encounters, but those are the entities that those are the specific forms, not the Greek gods, not the Norse gods. You know, like it was, it's these gods. Why do you think that was? And like maybe just process that in hindsight now, but also that dynamic. Why do you right, so that? My, uh, how do I explain this? So one, I had a, a anti-religious internal thing going on. So they were not going to bring Jesus in front of me or nothing like that. Because right. I, that yeah, was yeah. the fight right there. I'd have a fist fight with him right there. On the spot. I would drop space yeah, Jesus yeah. like he's like yesterday's luggage. However, yeah, you will see. Bird-headed raw <laughs> comes in. Well, yeah. here's the thing. They told me we're all the same. We're all different entities, one degree or another. But a lot of the entities in Egyptian, in Greek, in Roman, in all the different things are the same guy. Like when I met Lucifer, I said, "You look like Aquaman to a degree." He had the he had the the thing right, the pitchfork or whatever. Yeah. But he was in Source, 
So I'm like, I thought you can't go in there. That's what I asked him. I thought you can't go in there. What are you, the devil? You look like Aquaman, though. What are you, Poseidon? And he goes, you know me by many names. <laughs> yeah. And I said, wait, you're Poseidon? And he was like, look at me. And then I said, well, he's king of the water or whatever. And then I go, where's the fuck? Where's the water? And he goes, everything is water. And then it just started moving. And I realized we were in hyperfluid. Like that, mm. that when you're moving like that, um, like that from distance to distance or whatever, point to point when you smoke DMT, you think, what are you, a ghost just floating around in the ether? But you're like, well, what actually makes up these energies? And it's, it's water. It's a fluid of some kind. Yeah. Because they were like explaining to me, they were explaining to me here, we're being pumped with it. We don't realize it. We're like in school suits. Yeah. Right? yeah. So they were showing me like, cause when I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm having a hard time breathing. I, I don't know what's happening. They put this thing on me and it went to the source. Yeah. It's crazy from like, just like it. straight up science too. Like we shouldn't be able to have bubbles if we're not in like in somewhat aqueous structure. Like I don't remember the exact science behind it, but bubbles basically shouldn't be happening. And they do. There's, there's, it's I'm telling you it's a hyperfluid when I, I was passing through the hyperspace dimensionals things and it was slick, like I was skating. It was, it was like I'm, you're flying naturally, but they're like, what do you think you're doing? Like, let's, let's talk about it for a second. You're flying. You get your hands out. What do you feel? And I'm like, I could feel the energy, and I feel movement. Like, like I could just take off. What is that, though? They're like, like oil. Like you slipped on oil. And, and you're or on ice skates. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but more. And they're like, you're in a hyperfluid, a non-restrictive. There's no friction to it. Nothing. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's just everything. Yeah. So we're, I'm like, holy shit. And then we're, we're dipped into this area. And we're still being pumped with that stuff while we're in this area. And you think this area is, oh, you're just, you're just breathing. It's just air. It's just air. Wait till awareness goes from 4% to 50% and see what, what you think you're inhaling. Because we think we're just sure. taking the sun. But Aaron and I, perhaps you know as well, when you're under out in the sun, what the sun's rays look like when you're under a substance. It, you, yeah, the there's, there's more going on than the average yeah, bear bars, gives a credit for. There's they're bars and lines like you're playing Guitar Hero, right? And they're filled with information packets. You just see like Atlantean writing, light language, all kinds of stuff, and you're just eating it. It's hitting you, and your body's going, your, your head's pulsating where that pipe is that runs straight down is just gobbling that stuff up, and it's information. So you eat literally eat, eat information. You're not actually taking the sun, but yeah, I'm getting sure. a tan. Yeah, but you're eating information. That's what yeah, it does. To it's you. a consumption That's method. Dynamic. Yeah. yeah. We got all this craziness going on around us. So it, it's all it's all coming to the giant head right now as we're becoming aware of this stuff and we're starting to yeah. figure out. So the so the different characters throughout history, throughout time. The Horus character said, we're you from the future. We're your future self. We're we're not actually from the future. We're not in time. We've already done all this. So we're out here trying to help you get over here. So I was like, okay, they didn't give me any religious kind of tone. Yeah, yeah. Then I met Shiva and all those guys, right? They were, they were playing it cool, showing me all kinds of stuff. And I said, hey, what's up with you? And what's up with Horus? Just kind of curious. Do you know Ra? Do you know those guys? Because now I'm trying to put this together. Turns out they're ETs from another, another matrix that came here and went to a war with them. 
that's that big war where lightning bolts are being launched into the sky and this and that. Those guys were really here. Everyone got trapped in Earth's density. You get caught in the reincarnation cycle. You're stuck here until that matrix, that overlay is removed. So everyone started becoming human. So they had to spiritually learn to become uh, friends again. Like, we can't go to war. We can't go to this. If you ask these characters, ask Hanuman. You walking around with that giant maze. Who are you hitting with that? Who are you swinging that with? Right? You see Archangel Michael with his sword. Who are you, who are you sticking with that sword? Well, what's up with the weapons? Yeah, they're all geared up for battle. Everyone's geared up for battle and war. And the ones that aren't are the ones that are trying – the masters are trying to teach you. You are the weapon. It's you. You don't need a sword or a shield. You walk naked in there. Let them come at you. They're oh. going to stop. They're not going to have someone. to move or do – you're, you're going to take a breath and go, greetings. And they're going to go – Yeah, on a certain me. level, you're not only even just the weapon, but you're actually even just the battlefield and both sides fighting the battle. And Yes. I had an argument with Anki, right, who claims he's actually my father. He says, I'm – the Anki is a title, so that's not his real name, he, but he's the Anki. Multiple brothers. And he's like, I'm literally your father. And he comes here in war – uh, outfits, right? Like they're ready to go at it. Yeah. I'm here with all the brothers, and I'm like, I'm, I'm not into this. And they're like, Well, you are the horse. Whatever that means to you, Frank, that's you. So the mantle of Anki goes to you. And I said, I don't, I'm not, I don't even know what this is. So I'm not going to argue with <laughs> you guys. The answer is no. I don't care. So he goes, But you're my son. Literally, you've come from me. You're my DNA. And I said, Whatever you did with your DNA, however you guys have sex, and it squirts out, a Frank. That's the creator. So I'm your <laughs> son. Okay, I'm the yeah. father. So see, that's how this shit works here. You pop out a kid, you're like, oh, I'm the dad. It's like, no, I'm the father. Right? See how that works. You just birthed me into the place. And I don't even know who you are, where you're from. I get the idea. But I'm sitting here naked in the sun. And you show up with seven other people ready to, in full war battle. Like, remember your armor. Remember this. I've got it tattooed on me. I didn't forget. I don't know why I put the armor on. I have my reasons, but it was from being attacked and had my shoulder ripped off. So I had the armor built on here. They saw it. They're like, oh, he does remember who he is. I'm like, well, I didn't know that this had to do with you at all. However, what I'm doing here has to do with me, not you. So whatever decisions you said I had to do when I came here so I can be on some cloud while you float in as Anu or whatever crazy bullshit you guys have masked up <laughs> for the fucking people here. The answer is no. Right? Right here, here's here. No deal. We'll go Swatenega, old school eighties on you. I All right, don't let's, think so. Let's let's tie in. Right? Let's tie in. Okay, so it's perfect. You so, said Anu coming in on a cloud, whatever plans they have here, right? Okay, so in the Bible, there's a uh, he's part of. He was. I don't know if he's excommunicated or he left. He might have got um, at one point excommunicated recently. He's like in his eighties from the Vatican. He's one of the bishops, but he's spent. He's written like 20 books. He spent his life studying the scriptures, right? And the additional texts they have in the Vatican, because that's what they get to do. Well, he released a book. Uh, I'll have to try to remember, find it and link it afterwards or something, but um, not too long ago, going through the original Hebrew text and he traces back through and it gets into the specifics, but the Anukim, Anunnaki, they trace back to the, basically he ties it all back to the original Mesopotamian stories. So it's not the separate thing. Christianity is a separate thing in this dynamic. He traces it back through Anu and Anukim and the, that bloodline. And then right, right. Them... for sure. Now, go ahead. Check it out. This is this is the kind of characters they are. This is Anu. You ready? Or or Anki, however you want to put it. They programmed a part of this matrix and left us in here and watched us, right? He programmed himself as God. That's him, right? 
but he put himself right out there. So you mm -hmm. strive to go. And it, the closer you get, the further you are to him. Yeah, you I get it. That's your thing. Yeah. Okay, so I would take that guy and choke him until he's not breathing anymore <laughs> for doing it. I'd be like, what are you doing? You're God. You're, you're, you're a sixth density being at best. At best. I'm coming from 15, right? And the octaves are 12, right? So I'm coming from three above here. You're my son. Yeah. How dare you put this in? So then these guys, us humans, will look to that and strive to chase the light that you see behind me forever. The, ch the snake chasing its own. You never catch it because he didn't put it. It's not in the timeline. It's outside of it. We went to it. People are like, you can't get that. You can't touch it. You'll never get to the source outside the man. I walked right up to that thing, grabbed it, said, oh, look who it is. It's him. And I was programming our belief system into the structure of the matrix. So we do chase it. I'm like, you guys are terrible. That's between that, the reptilians, the greys working for them, uh, any archonic entities, demons, this, that. You guys are really, you did that and you dropped us in here in the 4% awareness. So you can what? So you, what can you do? So Anu could come in on the cloud and save the day, right? Save the day. And it's like, no, that's a piece of the experiment. You're not the whole experiment. Just remember that. You guys yeah. wanted source in a body. That's what you wanted, right? And then you want to control over it. But you can't control the ultimate programmer. So we go in the bodies and you it's programmed and it sucks. And then lifetime, 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 lifetime. Oops, ayahuasca is there. Magic mushrooms, magic mushrooms, ayahuasca, magic mushroom, a lifetime after lifetime. And then boom, it, we just open randomly. No Jesus character. You're all Jesus. See, the yep. characters led me through all these pantheons back to space Jesus. Right? So when I met Jesus, it was the, it was the space Jesus. It was the weirdest situation. I was holding my cat in the garden. I was, my cat was kissing me. And then the bird started, I was telling her, the bird started singing. Like it was like a real song. It was beautiful. And I'm like, wow, the birds are really kicking it today. And I was kissing my cat and I turned around and he was right there. He's like, Hey, you're going to let me in. And I was like, Oh, and he said to me, listen, so I'll keep the conversation short with it. But he was like, everything they ever wrote about me, whatever. I don't really want you specifically to concentrate on any of that. You yeah. can do everything I, I did and can do. And so much more, so much more. I didn't get to do any of the stuff that you're going to get to do. But yeah. I'm here as the guy that show you that you can do it. Not as the son of God. The, as the son of the son. Yeah, and, and you're like, wait, what? So Aaron and I do this all day. Son, what up, my son? Right? And he's like, my son. And then I look at the son and I go, my son. Yeah, you're old you're school hip hop. You probably remember the sample. I don't call you son because you're young. It's because you shine like one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been saying that shit all my life. <laughs> you know, it's funny too because God, um, well. in hip hop back in the day, everyone used to call themselves gods. What's up, God? What's up, God? Yeah, what's up, God? I'm like, fuck him, the God. What do you? <laughs> Right. So then when they explained that to me from the inside, I was like, oh, you guys are like metaphysically awesome, whatever. Right. So I just let that go. Then five years ago, that all changed. Right. Six years ago, it was like, mm. oh, that's what they meant. Like, I felt like I was late to the game. That's sure. why in the, the last set of years, yeah. I've been just exploding outward. because I'm covering yes. all that distance right now. Dude, 
Because our yeah, purpose exact, is to transform I feel exactly now. the same way, right? Because like the last five, six years. So like, yeah, about the time I started accelerating too, just, and I, dude, okay. So I, part of my, my journey, <clears throat> so I, nine months before my 30th birthday is when things started really speeding up for me. And during that process, so I had borderline narcolepsy disorder and I was taking Adderall. I was taking uh, up to nine 20 milligram pills a day, right? To function. Okay. And, that, and that's like the function. Part of it was because the relationship I was in, the only time we could be together, it, we, it just left me very little time to sleep if I was going to have any good relational time with her. So I chose to diminish sleep because of my borderline narcolepsy. Even on the Adderall, I'd take naps at times and they're deeply refreshing. I go right into to RAM within two or into Delta within two and a half minutes. Anyway, so it's it, it um, so I have that dynamic there. So, but that went on for years. And during that time, though, when our relationship uh, was improving as much as it could based on her willingness to engage that, I was exploring everything else. And so I was spending all those Adderall written hours. And here's what's interesting. You said this before, Frank. So you and I, I don't know if I this came up then, but I don't know if I told you in the moment. Um, you said about with mushrooms one time that they told you or realized you're like, I want to feel like this all the time. You're like, you should. This is how people should feel like we're getting you back to that in a sense because you don't need us or whatever. This is how you should feel, right? I had the same thing with Adderall. I remember feeling, this is a conversation at the time with with the Lord or the Father in my paradigm, but it was with myself, my spirit, my higher self as I know it now. And I was like, this just feels right though. Like for me even, because the narcolepsy thing is legitimate. It was, I had a lot more than maybe I needed, but whatever, that that feeling when you're on, when I find that place with Adderall, that it's like, this is how, I just knew this was right. This is how it's supposed to function. But I also believe I should be able to do that without it. And I know all the negative uh, side effects just from the pharmaceutical itself and a lot of stuff. So I just didn't, I didn't want any of that in my system anymore. And I wanted to be able to reorient my body. It takes like six years sometimes to get the heavy metal, trace heavy metals and effects of that out of the system. So I haven't been on that for over a year. But during that time, I learned to read at double speed and to listen to audio stuff like your podcast when I found you, Frank. When I found you, man, that was like, uh, I just, I went back to, so I heard you on Chris Gio's show on the Beyond the Veil. And you were telling your story with the reptilians and then just blasting past them beyond the dimension that they even thought existed because this whole dynamic we're talking about now about being the creator, right? But when you said that story, everything in my soul was like, yes, like that, that's true, right? I knew it, man. And then I found your podcast and listened on double speed through all of them. I just caught up, right? Just went that's through crazy. all of them, caught up to the lives. I did it in a weekend too. It was on Memorial Day weekends, like in May. I remember I, cause I had a long weekend driving around for the, uh, doing checks and I just listened to everything the whole season. All like, I don't know where you're at, some 250 episodes or something at that point, or I don't know. I just plowed through them, man. But I don't know if I had a that's point in all that. dude. Yeah, but that's oh that they the mentioned this part. So that that uh, the Adderall said to me that, what? or my spirit said that said that to me too. That this is how you're supposed to be. It is how you're supposed to be, you know. But it's not a dependence on the drug. I feel like it's a reminder to your soul to remind your ego, who only knows what it experiences and what it's seen in other people. All media, all everything, only shows us people living eighty to hundred years. It's amazing when they live longer, but there's no real key to living longer, and most people don't. But if we define our if we define our beliefs or define our um, direction only based on experiences, well, then you're only going to get something as good as your last experience. Like you got to believe for things beyond what you've experienced because of intuitive knowing, you know, or gaining a vision. Imagination is key. Yeah, right. The Bible so says the mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. Listen, the, the mushrooms were like you're us. You're literally us, right? So now I'm looking at yeah. the mushroom on the inside at that. 
that lower micro level and it looks like neural pathways, right? So I'm like, yo, that looks like neural pathways. They're like, they are. Yours need to match ours, but you look exactly like us, except it looked like old highways that weren't being used, construction and all kinds of weird shit. Yeah. And then that started getting cleared and boom, 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 boom. And now I can think of better experiences to have. Even yeah. if the thought was better than anything I've ever thought of, get to the point of that thought, it starts to happen and it's better than what you could have expected because you had faith in the belief that it made me feel good and the, the structure was all there and then right. you went with it and boom, it explodes into a big thing. So there's, in other words, another, no matter how prepared you are, this is always going to surprise you. It's always going to take you to another level. There's not going to be a base level I mean, a roof on these levels. Yeah. Right. There's, there yeah. is none. And it's hard to believe that. It's hard to understand that. So as you start believing in you and you believe in the events that could take place and the changes that could be made, you start changing into that physically and start becoming aware and then witnessing it. And those experiences start blowing up. And then, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm standing right here going, hey, you know, I want to choke out Anu. Like, who, ha who could say that? Who could say right. that? The Yankee went to them and said, whatever, whatever. But I would have never been able to do that. I would and and say no unless I've been going, bump, 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 trying to grow that, become the mycelium, right? Become that again. Yeah. Because let me let me get into this and and have these experiences because I want more. But why do I want more? Because it has to be real. Why does it have to be real? Because I said so. That's why. Because I literally I said so. Yeah. Right, and then. Boom. Yeah, not show me the magic. Now, a lot of people listen to me. They're like, yeah, whatever. And they go, show it to me. I go, I can't show it to you. You have to say, I'm ready. Show me. I'm ready. Show no me. Doubt. Maybe, yeah. maybe please. And I'm grateful in there somewhere as well. And then the universe starts yeah. just throwing magic in your face. It starts with the 1111. It starts with the ultimate synchronicity. One of the guys I worked with from day one, my partner, he still has a problem with understanding but he doesn't how the universe works. He's like, I, I didn't have the money for the house. You're we getting kicked out of a house. But this house was perfect, but it was an hour and a half away. And we have no money. Then this happened, then this happened. But then right when I was like, well, I guess we're renting. I get a phone call. The relative died. The relative left me the exact amount of money I needed to make the, to put down on the house. I actually wanted to make it acceptable for us to live there so I could pay for the bills without having to worry about everybody else working. It was, yeah. like, it was like, it was, it was, it was like magic. Yeah. And I was like, please, man, that's you, bro. That's you and your belief system and your structure lining everything up in the universe, getting it all ready. And then you having a belief system and structure that you're, you are uh, worthy of this. Totally. You lift Thor's hammer. So do you right? really, do you think that that's probably like the real central thing of all of it as far as like us receiving maybe tapping into more of our experience or doing better ourselves is really just like recognizing that you're actually worthy of you know well, going beyond whatever ceiling you perceive or whatever yeah well you're abundance all the time and you're always on like you're literally made of that so it's only your belief <laughs> system that gets in the way right so yeah, then I would agree with you that. go yeah. i, I want to make um i don't know a, a phone out of thin air right and then you mm -hmm. can't doesn't work you can't do that. And you're just whatever. You're hitting these walls, walls, walls. You have to start to say to yourself, yes. But what will happen before the phone develops into your hand and pops out of your hand? Boop, boop, look, phone. someone might walk by and be like, yo, I got this for you. 
was thinking yeah. about you. It just yeah. hand you a phone. Yeah. Right. Because that's how this works. Right. Uh, the money comes through somehow. I, I don't know. It just came through and boom, save the day. Sure. Right. Right. So that's and, so that's um, that's how that's uh in the in the Christian dynamic that's uh, living by faith, right? So there's there's stories that I heard. So like the faith the faith stories. There's another verse. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or you can say that as the actions, spoken actions or declarations of a God in human form, which is all of us, in in my opinion, it's just whether you whether how much you realize it or not, and realize that doesn't mean some arrogant crazy thing it's like oh once you realize anyway we've talked about once you realize you're all god it just kind of makes sense and then you can start treating people better you know on some level you just perceive them differently but um uh right like right right now we're all angry but you and i were just talking earlier about how i i I don't want to be the lesson to my father because then i got to come back in the reincarnation cycle i'm not reincarnating so what am i going to come back here for nothing like I just let it all go. I'm going to let it go. I'm going to love you. And just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to break your chops. I'm not going to be like, you shouldn't do this or you have to do this to get there. No, I love you. Right. I love you. You need something. I'm here. Right. And then just take it from there. It's got to be new because everything needs to change. Right. Everybody's afraid to change. It's like, well, how do you expect anything to work? Unless you take the change. Or, Or is it, or is it, not manly to go, Aaron, Zach, I love you guys. I love you, and I wish I could <laughs> hug you right now. Oh, when Christ I first started like engaging hard, I was, I was so surprised by how scared people were to say I love you. Everyone. I mean, like, I realized in a certain way I was definitely, like, projecting myself in the first place because I was hesitant about it still. But mm. even after I feel like I got past that and I was totally okay with it, like, well, still today. Like I say, I love you to people and they'll like, they feel very pressured to say it back. And sometimes that pressure cracks them, you know what I mean? And then, but you can yeah. feel this person being like, Oh, I love you too. Like there's feel so weird. Want to fight me because sure. you're like, yo man, what's up? I love you, man. Now they don't, they don't want to fight me. Now they, they're like, Oh, this guy's the best. Every time I see <laughs> this guy's like super positive. And I'm like, man, I have a hard day just like everyone else. But yeah, I'm, it's good to see you. What's yeah. up, man? Love you. Now it's, yeah, but uh, like three, three, four years ago, they would like circle around me and be like, yo, what's wrong? What's wrong with you, bro? Call me yeah. all kinds of stupid things. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'll still fight everyone here. I'm like, don't don't mistake me for being nice. <laughs> for not, I still like a good, you know, ass kicking once in a while. You guys want to fight? And they're like, no, we're just making sure you're okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you mean being a real man? So it, that's offen- it scares you being a real man. Holding a door open for a girl, is that still, does that bother you too? Is it helping someone with packages or across the street or open the door? Like, where does this start and stop for you guys? Right. Mine just keeps going. And they're like, (laughs) oh, so they they talk about being the example. I have to just be the example and march right through. Um, They'll they'll pick up on it or they won't. And that's okay. Yeah. It's okay. But we were hating our oppressors. We hate that, right? I want to chill Bill Gates, kill Bill, right? In another Mm -hmm. two, three years. You're going to be like, yo, man, I feel really sorry for that guy. Sure. Even no matter what happens to him, because he ain't doing nothing to us. I'm going to tell you right now. Mm-hmm. These characters are gone. They're done. They're done. Their time is up. I so agree. They, ha- they had the power. They could press the button and turn you off, load you with nano, take your girl from mm-hmm. you, blow you up, stick you in a cage, control your car, drive it off a cliff. I mean, these guys are powerful people, right? There's reptilians. They eat you. They drink baby's blood and all this crazy stuff. You're going to look at them and go, oh, there's baby dummies. 
they don't they don't know any better. How how could you know better if you can't see that when I was talking to them about 5D, they're like that doesn't exist. We run everything from four from here down. That's it. That's all that exists. So either they're pretending they're not aware, but then let me show you how to do it because they're swear to their AI god, it's not there. And then bloop, I blast right past them. And they're like, where'd he go? I'm a physical body standing right there, but they can't trace that other character in me. <laughs> where'd it go? Where'd it go? I'm like, the, the creator can see past all that where they can't. So if you're the king of 4D and down, oh, look, we found it. We found the head of fourth grade. Congratulations, yeah. gentlemen. You're in fourth grade. We not only graduated college, we came back and started teaching as professors. So where are we? Oh, fourth grade? Here's your homework assignment for tonight. Make sure you're on time tomorrow. And people be like, what? They've been eating babies. Listen, they don't know any better. Just like you don't. You're eating chicken burgers all the time. What do you, where do you right. think those chickens are? Processed and doing, doing all kinds of things. They're doing that to us. Yeah, and they have sharks with lasers and UFOs and inner earth, all of that. It's all there. But the common sense and the logic to not do that to another creator being is not there because of the skin suit they're wearing. It's just yummy lunchtime, period. So they can't, they literally can't see past it. It's, you can't. It's part of your system. We're using all these chakras. They're using like three or four, and they're mastering three of them. And the yeah. other ones they just loosely use or they're unaware that they can do that. Maybe they're seeing it in us because they help program us and don't think that they have that because they're already superior. So their superiority gets in the way. Their dominating species gets in the way of uh, making them more intelligent. It kind of makes them ignorant on another level. Their common right. sense goes right out the door. Right. So it's, it's weird how it works. So when yeah, you're yeah. witnessing these characters, you start to go, oh, but they don't know. Like you, and you're not going to be able to explain it to them. Yes, yeah. you know, like if you're being attacked by a giant spider that eats people, it's hard to tell that thing. You don't have to eat people. You could eat coconuts or something like it's just going to do what it has to do. Right. You might have to kill it. You have to protect yourself. You might have to. Do, but you're going to look back and go, well, it doesn't know any better. It's an animal. Right. Its whole right. job is to just do that one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. The creator is the is the representation of the all. Right. So as you witness these other things occurring, you start to feel bad. You become compassionate. You realize the level they're on. That's that was the point of that. Yeah, that was all really good. And this is like an anchor point to your perspective, Frank, just because, you know, who knows who watches this in the future and dynamic. And I've, I think because of our dynamics, so we're going to do this daily. I mean, I keep saying that, like, I guess, I guess it's happening. <laughs> we're, we're just doing it. You know, we're just seeing how it unfolds. But the nice thing is, it's like you don't have to schedule that people want, you know, like people can just come on. Like we can come on nights in a row and just chat and like whatever man we got time to kill and it's just going to be us and if we've got a flowing conversation that's cool so we'll develop like a uh what in a movie like care good character development over over time for each like persona i guess but anyway Absolutely. just because it's like this is our first dynamic and first show and the perspectives we're presenting can be really out there right and so i just want to i want to anchor even in our own three dynamic and our di dynamic my experience and my understanding of the things you're talking about before i even came to you so all the things you're talking about, I found to be valid and true in my research and in my study. Vast diversity of like legitimate firsthand, really well done documentaries or di different dynamics. And I mean, on a vast degree of scales. Also, as I was talking about earlier before you came on the show, in this um, uh, past relationship, I started studying the psychology and some of the ministries and the ways they're helping people with SRA, DID. 
And so through that, you find out through their personal experiences, there's a lot of stories that overlap inside and outside of Christianity. Was seeing, you know, the, the reptilians, the astral uh, meetings that happen astrally in different places, people being taken out of their bodies on different levels into different, I mean, everything you're talking about, all the UFOs, secret space program, all the David Wilcox stuff, he prevents tremendously good documented stuff I've given my mom and like people that like that'll be, I think I'll be really helpful for. It's not for everybody. There's really good stuff for people to see what's really going on behind the scenes, the pedophilia, the stuff with the connections with Bill Gates. I mean, you can look this up. There's an article in like WikiLeaks where the, the woman who did all the artwork for the, the other pedophilic thing that was in the news recently, don't want to get flagged on any things, but like, um, that was, uh, that she did the thing, the video for one of their production videos. And I got so many, uh, petitions or negative comments on there. They took the video down because she's the one who did the artwork who also did the artwork where they laundered the money for all the pedophilic so- stuff. And, it's all, it's all really, it's all really there. Right. right. There was Microsoft into right. the future with the, the head goggle thing. Who, who runs Microsoft? Bill Gates, right? Here we go again. Look at that crew. Yummy crew. She, if you just put this stuff on your head, forget about the whole thing. That, you know, Aaron, we were talking about this again earlier today. Like, I can't tell my mother to eat babies. Right. I can't say that to her, but there's someone that can where she'll go. Oh, you know, they're eating baby. Like there's so many of us that pop off that maybe Zach needs to tell my mother or she'll hear it from him and go, oh, okay." where she hears it from me. It's not going to work. Right. My style might not work for these people or that person. So Aaron might be able to break it down. through. Well, here, there's a bunch of Christians and they're kind of fighting me on this stuff. Who are you going to pull into the? to the conversation. I'm going to pull Aaron in. Aaron, it's going to be a lot more helpful if you're here instead of me screaming space Jesus every five minutes. And they go, you know, that Aaron kid is so much smarter than Frank, right? So, th- okay, well, sure. whatever. Whatever you feel you need to do, say, be part of to make you get into that next level. Yeah. I don't want to fight with you. I need you up here. I need you unlocked yeah. and I need you going. So we are providing now the personality aspects for all of them through our groups and these conversations, people say, well, totally. Frank unlocked me. That was amazing. And then other people say, dude, you're nuts. You're just ridiculous. Yeah. You see how calm <laughs> Zach is. He seems to know a lot more than you and you're a big dummy, right? Oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> We're all saying the same thing, right? Like, so it's in the Bible, right? It's in this version of religion. It's in that version of religion. The, all those versions of religion have been rewritten and touched on by man. So basically all roads lead to Oz with them as well. You remove the control system and you have exactly what we're doing now. Okay. On all roads lead to Oz. So like, so Zach, why don't you dive into, let's just give you the the stage and the platform here. Dive into your take on your integration. Cause you said to me yesterday, whether it was on air or the five hours off off air afterwards, some point you said Jungian psychology, you like, that's an overlay for you for everything. Right. So, yeah, well, I mean, our typical, Isolating things into archetypical identities is very valuable for understanding what's happening, I think, at really any level, especially if you're trying to integrate it into psychology because we already have this bridge built by somebody else, like a don't reinvent the fucking wheel kind of situation. So Mm -hmm. you can, I mean, standard human psychology, getting them unlocked out of themselves just like the trauma that they're putting on themselves. We have, we already have stuff for that. And I think, I just think union psychology is very good for that. It has proven good for me personally, mm-hmm. but like 
you can overlay these to really any situation that could possibly happen in the human experience. I don't think it actually limits. It's interesting that like end of Jung's life, he even goes into this archetype of the shaman and this shaman archetype seems to be, it's weird how this ends up overlaying like the Jesus thing, right? Like you got Jesus, 12 disciples, right? It's like 12 plus the kind of like one that didn't really get done. You got sound with like the Pythagorean step, Jungian archetypes. You got like the 12 archetypes. He really well solidified. And then he's like working on this shamanism, which is like this go between archetype that wow. like, that's where he kind of stopped at. And it did get refined more inside of Jungian psychology because of people like Merciliad and other people that were people that came after. Right. But that's like where Jung's life ended. And it's weird that you end up with this like 12 established disciples or harmonics. And then the 13th harmonic or disciple, the one Jesus. Right. That's like he, he's going between the whole thing or in a Pythagorean step yeah. case, loops it back around. Like it's weird that this thing ends up projecting itself back into that archetype system in Jung's life. I think that personally happens just because Jung lived like a very pure life to what he wanted to do. Like he was all about that and he did it for like his whole life. You know what I mean? And so he really, we see like one full journey play out inside of his work really. And like you can start at shamanism again for the first thing. I mean, like there's a certain point, at least in all of my places where it kind of like the beginning becomes the end becomes the beginning becomes the end. And if you perceive that thing wrong, then you feel very much like loop cycled, these kinds of things. If you understand that that end is always and you're focusing towards that, some kind of progression of yourself, a wider understanding an integration of more storylines an integration of more knowledge, whatever, then you're still doing that beginning becomes the end, but you're like spiraling instead of looping. You know what I mean? So we need That's and, the idea I mean, is to spiral up. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, just keep getting bigger, like whatever the fuck that means at that moment right now. Like, oh, you're becoming a gardener. Cool. You're going to get like great at it. Sweet. Like and that's just like the thing. That's your medium. You're passionate about it. You do that. That works. That's fine. So arch typical kind of overlays are so that we can. I don't know. I like to like get things into less boxes, I guess. It's kind of my whole thing. Like I'm like the, the oneness kind of idea or unity. I'm more like zero ness, but it's about getting it into like less boxes right mm -hmm. so archetypes gives us one layer of like already having the boxes made you know what i mean so mm -hmm. this is i think it, i think it's just functional for your psychology i like, never i never i never thought about this as um you you triggered something and you you said the 12 the 12 plus one thing and the 13th being the one right so i i say it like this it's the piano right the 12 notes 13 being yeah. the new set of notes, yeah. right? So you're restarting the twelve apostles, right? Or the twelve archetypes of the zodiac, the the combination, uh -huh. the twelve, and then the one guy sitting there, what they are all to become. Right. If they conquer their own twelve. Yeah. Right? So then they sit at the table that way as that character. Um uh -huh. here's here's yeah, it's, just, it's, it's interesting. Here's an interesting just fast on that need to keep rolling. Well so on the well, you just said all 12 of them around Jesus were showing the one they're to become, right? And they, the extra biblical texts, like there's the Gospel of Thomas, the Gospel, um, there's, there's Gospels basically to all the disciples or by all the disciples. And in each one, they have their own very nuanced, not just perspective on him, but almost every one, he takes them aside and tells them things very specific to them. And then one of the times, I think I always told Thomas, he took him aside and they asked him, we told him, he said, if I told you even one of the three things that he told me, you'd pick up stones right now and kill me. 
What do you think he was telling them? Oh, go tell them you're God too. No, no, no. They'll kill me. They're having a hard, tough time, hard enough time saying you're saying it, you know, but like he would tell, but he would, my point was he would instruct each one of them individually, their nuanced way or astrological sign or all, but more than that, you know, mm -hmm. even at a soul level, being able to meet people in a way that you can use the boxes that are relevant to them. Finding, what'd you say yesterday? Symbol pattern or symbol? What was it? Symbol set. Symbol set. Yeah, I like that. Finding yeah. the symbol set. That's where you're talking, Frank. So yours, the, the way the symbol set came into your experience, not that you planned it, but the symbol set was a lot of the Egyptian gods and the Hindu gods and whatnot. And then, you know, my symbol set was based on my cultural and upbringing. And, you know, most of ours are in different dynamics. Would you say yours was different? What was your symbol set growing up, Zach? Or sets? Uh, I mean, definitely like a lot of Egyptology angle of things for sure the uh, a lot of hinduism as well really like a lot of approach was through buddhism and like uh martial arts approaches like the kind of the just the, the sheer discipline reiteration of the same things lots of these leading to mastery of self through just uh repeated action and then so this crossover good into like yoga but if we're talking about actually like symbol sets probably the whole computing architecture and the internet and technology like that was the most functional symbol set for me. Cause yeah, elaborate please. Uh, well, like er a lot of early psychedelic experiences were spent in spaces where, well, basically I had explained to me how certain formats of either society interaction or our own mind was functioning like a piece of the uh, a computer that like I already understood, right? Like in my human life, I understood these parts of computing. So they presented a good symbolic carryover between the idea. You know, I mean, the entire idea of collected consciousness can be understand as, understood as like the internet, right? Like the fact that we can be in three completely different places and then be face to face in the same device. Like that's, that's the thing, right? Like it's all is many places, but one place at the same time. And the internet really brings that and very much so like, well, like our, our self, our own brain functions very much. So it's like a processor and the integration with the rest of the things that sit on the motherboard, right? Like the brain's really more the motherboard and then your logical processing, the CPU, you got different places for different kinds of memory and everything like this. So for me and understanding my own psychology, this was just because I already understood computers. I was raised in a house where like when I was three years old, I was formatting discs for my mom to get money to go and blow at circle K on basketball cards and gum and shit. Like, you yeah. know, I was technology from the very beginning like that. Right. Yeah. So I was always around that. I understood computers. And then when I finally did, and this is because of psychedelics in my specific situation, high dose LSD by myself, and really focused on computers. It just, my mind became psychedelic. That means to make the mind present, right? Like when I thought about computers, my mind became present through the computers. And since I understood the computers good, the mind made sense to me very easily. And yeah. I could continually tap into this space by just purposely computers, right? Like I found that I could just do it by thinking about it. At first I like specifically looked at the same computer, like my computer at home with the side open. And I like, I believe very much in the ritual of like the same exact location and looking at the same thing with the same light and the same sound, like it was all that, but it really didn't need to be all that in the long run. It needed to be like a lot of focus on computer, you know? And then I would get into the yeah. space where something about, I do this with dreams now all the time. I go to sleep, 
seeding something into my subconscious. It is basically just an abstract concept sound, right? And then I go to sleep and I inevitably functionally have dreams that explain to me how sound interfaces. And I just pretty much think this is how dreams work. We just don't pay any attention to this. So we like yeah. think about dumb shit before we go to bed. We're thinking about like the scary <laughs> movie that we saw or how much our boss yeah. is an asshole or like our childhood trauma <laughs> is creeping up or something, right? So we have like dreams that are about dumb shit or they're about bad shit or they're symbolic metaphors of our trauma. Jungian analysis is all about analyzing dreams for sure or even just yeah, your life cool. as a fucking dream. Like uh, one and the same, just this is the awake dream and that's the asleep dream. Not a big difference. Yeah projections of the unconscious and the subconscious through conscious awareness is functionally all of experience through Jungian analysis. So dreams, very good, but like you can seed into your dream what you're going to experience. This is something anybody can practice. And most people, we do it naturally. It, it comes from somewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah. So That's, a, that's wild, man. I, I never put that together until my older life right? Like till I got older, the whole sure. computer and that, but then you get into the, well, am I programmed? Am I a robot? Right. Right. That am I AI? Am I the NPC that's waking up? Like what's going on here? It's no yeah. you're programmable. You're in a program. You're in a holographic organic program matrix where your DNA is like the program material. No, no, no. It goes into all this stuff. And then you realize as above, so below, Right. Sure. They're building you based on what they're talking about, the way they're saying, oh, this is how it, it should be. And then they allow us to free run inside of that machine. Yes, you can be programmed, but yes, you can be free as well. You sure. can have people that yeah. act like robots and then you can have people that no matter what you think will be done. Look, you can only go left. You can only go right. Eventually, someone's going to walk right up the wall and you're going to go. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. What's funny? I mean, it, what's funny is uh, your computer. You've always resonated with that as your symbol set. So that to me is probably the most functional metaphor that works for the broadest spectrum of people. Of of yep. uh, in some way, shape, or form of that we're in a holographic. That's universe. just because more people picked up a fucking phone than picked up a Bible or picked up something else. Like they're all functional right. carriers, but uh, people are integrated a lot with technology and computers now. Like if I said, right. you know, when you say like, I don't know, you quote, what do you, Ezekiel nine seventeen? like most people have no idea what that is. But if you say right. like, well, like Pornhub.com, we already know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Pornhub.com is no different than quoting like Ezekiel nine fifteen or whatever I said before. But like yeah. we didn't pick that shit up. You know, and yeah, but no, we no, did so pick that, up things so that, that function like a computer program. Whether you okay. want to believe that there's literally something that's programming you, there's a matrix physical, there's a thing outside of it programming you, or you just want to understand the function of reality, like it works both ways. Like it can be understood through that carrier. Well, you're in the flesh robot, and that's hard for people. You could tell people that, and they could uh -huh. look at you, and they, they are so lost in just their own world. That it's when funny because it's actually so easy robot, to prove it, it to them, too. Like, just the way you yeah. walk is such a procedural, logarithmic operation. You <laughs> right. always do it the same way. You always walk down the stairs the same way. Even inside of, yeah. like, Masonics and shit, they take up these practices of purposely, like, always walking off first with their right foot. Like, it's like they add more procedure. And then they're like, but it's like, oh, but no, I'm not a robot. I'm just you know, procedurally generated. Like, you know, wait, what? 
<laughs> so it's interesting. So in the ancient traditions, right, in their own way, shape, or form, they 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 simplify. So in the Kabbalistic tree of life, then the realms of hell numerically and the realms of heaven, that they um the, the farther down into hell you go, the more rules, literally laws there are for each realm or instruction. Sure. Well, that's what hell is, right? A bunch of fucking rules. I mean, I don't know about for you guys, but when I was always told, like, eternal damnation, my mind immediately went, like, so a place with, like, a lot of rules. Like, that's basically what it seemed like to me. You guys are sending me to uh, the ultimate stand up, sit down, kneel, stand up, sit down, kneel, pray, 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 stand up, sit down, kneel, genuflect. It's like, yo, calm down with that stuff. Dude, see, and that's why why the differentiator, the nuance in a nuanced way. Um, why I made it so far within that paradigm, because the re- the non-religious Christians, the relationship, were ones who understood it was about internalizing it, who understood it was the rituals were for a purpose of internalization. So it wasn't, the, there's, that's why there's 44,000 denominations though, bro. Sorry. Like, it's like, it sucks because that Christian experience, like who, who really knows? Because everybody's been through it so differently and for, for certain depths of engagement. I, I engage that construct with my entire heart and soul. Right. And, sure. and found incredible beauty and healing and all that stuff. But not everybody does. Well, that's the idea of like the functional carrier, right? Like it, it has the ability to do it. People will tell you that like taking LSD, you'll change your life. Man, I've taken LSD with so many people that were exactly the same dude for the rest of their life. They're still the same dude. Like still yeah. now they did, they did LSD and a bunch right. of other things a whole bunch of times. They never changed. It was always just Ooh. like them partying yeah, and fucking around like, and they're the same guy. So this brings up LSD and fluidic space. We were talking about earlier, Frank. So I thought of this earlier. Oh, it's funny. I'm, oh shoot. There you, are. And you Frank, and you Zach, I'll figure it out. It's totally backwards. Um, but, uh, so do you think, I just thought of this. I wonder if that melty experience on Lucy, the actual the visual overlays. I wonder if that's some kind of tuning into a harmonic resonance with the actual fluidic space that we're really submerged in all the time. And maybe if that's the case, progressing that without necessarily being true or not, but progressing that one more, if maybe that is true, it would make sense to me why when I whenever I'm coming up on Lucy, I'm almost crying. I'm so happy. It feels so right. It feels more real than the solid reality. Right? So it's some mm-hmm. deep place inside of me. <laughs> What freaks me out is that when we, you and I were talking about having our own private space to work in on the theoretically, right? So when you yeah. enter these spaces, let's say it's purple or violet, right? The violet color. And we're in there and we're discussing things. So it's a space. Mm. And then around this space, the walls are bubbling, moving. They're alive. It's like liquid color, just but it won't come in on our circle. It'll be all around us, though, but it'll be moving and breathing. And, and you're like, well, what is that? What is it? It's like a rainbow in the water and everything just waiting for you to pull it off the wall and do something with it. But that's the liquid just there, just floating around us, right? Those, yeah. It looks it's, just like the rainbow like is twisted. In a, I've always basically just simplified so that much. potential. It's just that's potential. the best way to say it. Right. So you got this blubber. Like, okay. So like when uh, this is how I like thought about tracers in the first place, was it like, you know, first time you ever took LSD, how, you know, a couple hits, you played with the tracers with your hand. Right. But I realized like with the tracer, like I could see the tracer in front of my hand too. And like, I could see where it could be from where it is right now at many different snapshots in both directions. And I think that the melty thing that you're talking about as well as it's like, 
well, there's there's like a shape on the wall, right? And it, it could be right here, or it could be like out here, or in here, or it over here. Right. Or it could be that all this way, like, yeah. You're snapshotting it, just... it. It's actually all of those ways at the same time. Totally. And you're snapshotting it. It's like, oh, it's that way. No, it's that way. Oh, it's that way. No, it's that way. Oh, Dude, it's that way. That no, it's that way. Of, that reminds me of um, uh, Rogan. He's talking to one of the quantum physicists. Uh, but he gave, I think they brought up during the interview, uh, the most accurate picture of where... Um, what a, what an atom actually looks like because we mm -hmm. we picture it with uh, them spinning around and whatever all with distant spheres and whatever but based on probability and based on like millions of photographs of different atoms or photons or di whatever different dynamics um that there's actually a pattern for um for each different for uh for where the actual electron will be and it makes i think it makes like the photonic shape or there might be a couple different shapes one of them at least is the the um maltese cross and the actual, which is the, also an image of a photon. And, but that's the, that's where they will show up based on, I think, based on circumstances or dynamics. So it's, so it's interesting that the painting wouldn't just be anything. There's a level of coherence with the, what you already knew is there, you believe to be there based on the rules of this reality and whatever. So there, yeah. it's going to morph and shift a little bit, but it's, it's almost like alluding to you. There's potential here. Now that you're aware, why don't you decide what it's going to be? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Why don't you That's solidify like looking it? up at the cloud and then and going, you did oh, it's a dragon. like that snapshot where it feels melty, right? Like it's here and then it's here yeah. and then it's here. And then it's like each one of those times you did decide what it was. That's not the true nature of reality. Right. The true nature of reality is it is all the ways, all the time, all the potentials. And you snapshot it into specific observer affected moments that you believe exists. And then you put those into a continuity, you blur the space in between, and you believe you are in a linear timeline. You're not in a linear yes. timeline. You're in an immediate reality of all potentials simultaneously. Your whole life happened now. All life happens yes. now. But we see it in the procedural generation, basically, that we get through the snapshots at the rate of the dimensionality with which our consciousness is aligned. Right. So you see that human time at human time. Yeah. <laughs> and and the reason the reason that we still wake up in the same body every day is because we believe that we will in every moment at the subconscious and even unconscious. Well, I don't know about the unconscious, at least subconscious levels. So to be able to do hypnagogic therapy, to be able to do your own audio journals <clears throat> or revocations or prayers and listen to them while you sleep or things where you can do it in that hypnagogic state to re -prior, re rewire your beliefs to actually open up. Like I had to do... There's so many belief systems and glass ceilings I had to blast through coming out of the church, right? At a core heart level, not just the social dynamic and what my friends would think. And that's something I'm going to have conversations with for the rest of my life, hopefully, because I love them and would hope to maintain friendships. But um, having to go through those deep inner places of anxiety and thinking my, my core mantra through that was I only want what is true and what's real. Like I want what's true. And I assumed that means I can get rid of all the, the doctrine and all the other stuff around the core beliefs of who God is, Jesus. I, I thought that wouldn't change probably for sure, for, for the most part. But then I got exposed to enough information and just processing enough awareness and activation, whatever you want to call it, epigenetic expression uh, coming into coherence inside of me. I was realizing I had to let go of that too. If I really want truth, that's where those anxiety moments, people think they just want truth until they're challenged with something they didn't expect to be challenged with. And then they actually don't yeah. want truth more than anything. They want that thing still. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, I, that's, I want the know, truth until it proves me wrong. 
So <laughs> that's, for being, that's for being an adult, not just manning up, being an adult, really, not being a child and taking responsibility for our own. Like for me, like if I say something like that and I find something that that scares me or whatever, I'm like, oh, shit, I was wrong. But that's cool. I'm glad I found something yeah. that I was totally wrong about. That doesn't, you know, like that's not very often that, that dynamic. I like, was actually um, on a podcast earlier today with a friend of mine that's like a life coach and, and public speaker and stuff. And he ends up asking me, like, like, how do you get over the fear of being wrong? And I was like, well, I mean, like, honestly, I don't have anything to fear about that. Like, I know I'm wrong. Like, I don't have all the data. Right. I'm definitely wrong. <laughs> like, if I right. think something right now, it couldn't possibly be right. It's not all the data. Like, there's no way I'm right. <laughs> so I know I'm wrong. Why, what's is? there to fear? <laughs> It's amazing when it is. Like, yeah, like the more I don't if you like run into that fear, but just let it all yeah. go. Just talk from your like, truth. And, yeah. So it's and interesting. Like a constant student. Yeah, both simultaneously. It's not hard. I just don't know why that's a hard concept. So I'm glad that I'm with like-minded people, and I'm just finding more and more of them. Where it's just, it's not a competition mindset. There's more than enough abundance to go around in form of celebrity or money or who cares. Like it's nice that we can be doing a chat where we're just having a good time, not having to. Yeah, you I know, mean, let Frank's it talking about be. the space with the walls with the potential. Like you ever been yeah. in that space? Ooh, you ain't worried about if there's enough energy to go around. <laughs> Trust me, that's funny. Really? <laughs> you're, oh, you're good. good. You're definitely like, oh yeah, this can power this machine. I don't know what the machine does, but this can power it. Like this right. is enough. <laughs> this is definitely enough. <laughs> it, it, it isn't awesome. interesting. Um, well, it's maybe somewhere on topic, this is what came to mind. So like the emotional and the logical dynamic, or at least because you said on um, the potential in, in melty space. So there's a, there's a logical side of me as I entered into the, that dynamic where I just, I understood at understanding, you know, Bina and that side of my brain, but there's the, um, but there wasn't uh, um, there's a side of it that was emotionless in a sense. It was guided by values of assessing mm -hmm. this new data and fitting that into old frameworks and paradigms to process and expanding or mm -hmm. breaking off part of my paradigm to expand it or change it around as necessary. But then there was the heart level, like total joy and satiation and feeling of when, and I wonder if maybe that's your, my ego, like little Aaron, Right. So there's a seated part of my soul that's present during that dynamic. It's not that it's like emotionless, like sterile. It's just solid. Like it's, it's done this long time. It's me from the future or some shit. I don't know. It's, it's fully present. Yeah. It's cool. It's been, it's been here a, a million times before, even though this has never happened before in this life. You know, then there's a the little part of me. I feel like that's like so grateful. I get to go along for the ride, you know, because like I, I can't astro project. I'm not lucid dreaming yet. So I'm like, I, I feel like I'm disconnected from, but I have a, awesome imagination right i got that shit down <laughs> so but it's the part of me can feel like uh disconnected from those experiences to have, actually have more and more visceral experiences and even sober and just meditations and things so this is just one example but um it just feels so awesome it feels like everything like everything i could ever want and it's all about me having experience inside of me it's not about another person it's not about getting anything well in this case it's getting lucy but like other, other than that it's not even then, though. It's not to go party. Like, it's literally so that I can be on Lucy and have my own experience and go into the realms I want to go into my psyche. You know, set and setting matter, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. But it's not really about anybody else at this point, unless I'm choosing to do that for intentional reasons. It's like I found these these avenues, these boxes, psychological boxes or symbol sets, but they're also physiological things 
that really are working right now to help me integrate and grow and settle and, and achieve greater states of being whole and present in this life. So yay that's me. my whole Sounds jam right there. I don't care what your story is. That, if it works it. for you, let's do it. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Let's learn about it. If I don't know, if I don't know it, let's learn about it. <laughs> like, that's a ride. You could just convince me to get on. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have been like, no, yeah, yeah we could do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt, man. Wow, there's so many layers and different things that you could always uncover and push, go on, reverse, recheck, look at it move on you know you just spiral up spiral down go left and right laterally you just so much of infinite and that little bit of separation allows you to be like oh look what i uncovered oh look what i uncovered and yeah. enjoy the ride however that's it's wonderful that you could be like that remember a lot of the people aren't like that they're like yeah. trapped yeah i don't yeah. know if you remember the feeling of being trapped in it so we have to find a way to be like nah it's not a trap no, you're not a simulation. Right. Yes, you're organic. You're real. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you got to kind of come through this, even though it sounds weird. And it's like a dream that you're waking yeah. up from. Yeah. Because I didn't come here to live nine to five, uh, to work nine to five, pay taxes and die. That just doesn't, doesn't resonate with me on any level. That sure. I come into this space to do shit like that. Uh, I, I had that same thing. Like, there's no way I came here without nope. doing all this for that. Like, that you got to nope. be kidding me. <laughs> like, there's uh -uh, no way. No way. There's like cliffs to long. jump off of, and you could be like a wingsuit pilot, and you could drive race cars. And like, I came here to go to work every day and get a paycheck, and then like be at a house, which is like the same. No, I don't think that's there's Dude, no way that's just, possible. It would have been easier to convince me that I just here to pet cats. Then do something. <laughs> totally, die. it yeah, totally would have. <laughs> but they would, they, you know, who can make any money off of you petting cats? You know, what I mean, you'd be, so. <laughs> you'd be surprised on the internet, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah. today. That's why the internet. That's why the internet broke their paradigm. Is because now they're like, oh wait, people can make more money by just like petting cats and posting stupid videos and <laughs> oh, just reacting about other stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. great. Mm. You guys are wonderful. I, I want to um, I want to say thank you again. And by the way, congratulations for getting this whole thing going. Uh, cool. Thanks, man. It's yeah. wonderful. It's beautiful. And there's something for everyone, right? You got three yeah. guys sitting around talking, three different personalities. Think of what that hits out there and how it'll just continuously go on. And then the connections where we could step in and go back and go, remember when it was like this, when we said it was like this, or we did it like this. And then, well, this happened and now it's like this. And then boom, it just opens into a whole nother realm again. Yeah. And it allows people to jump in with us and just sit with us and go, okay, so he's not Jesus. He's not space. Jesus. Frank's not really Frank Castle, the Punisher running around trying to get into the ultimate realms. And all. We're just doing our work. We're regular guys yeah. and we're breaking through and you, yeah. You guys, everyone can come along and join this journey. The conversations need to be had. You need to look at the truth yeah. and stop dressing it up. And then you need to dress it up and look at it and go, that's what it looks like dressing again. And then, <laughs> you, you need to look at the truth and, and go, not dress oh, okay. it up. And then you need to dress it up and look at it again. <laughs> Dude, well done. Yeah, I like that. That's very quotable. You know? <laughs> so I, I love you guys for this. I'm going to have to break out. Yeah, I love you too. Like 20 after 1 in the morning. But thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to enjoying many episodes of watching yeah. you 
and listening to you and interacting with you on that level and a whole bunch with me there too. <laughs> That's yeah. right. We appreciate it, man. Thanks love for coming you, on tonight. Absolutely. Thanks so right, much, guys. I, I love your faces. Have a great night. Have a good <laughs> one. Change overlay. Dude, that I was actually awesome. do need to run AFK for a second. So if we, I mean, we could bring this down, or I could just run AFK for a second. It's really your choice, but I am going to be about like, like at least like five minutes or so. What's AFK? So, away from my keyboard. <laughs> oh, thanks. I didn't know that one. That's fine. I'll just <laughs> monologue, I guess. Cool. <laughs> I'll All be right. back. Cool. Oh, there you go. Zach's icons on screen. <clears throat> okay, well, actually, well, here, why don't we go to the chat since we've got a minute to reflect. Oh, okay, look, we'll go back up. Wow, I actually understood what you're discussing. Awesome. <laughs> that was fun. That's cool because I've had um, uh, Zach and I have had, see, so last night we talked for five hours after the show, and then we've talked a couple times in the last, just the last few weeks, and they've just been really awesome conversations that have gone on and on. And then Frank and I have conversations like that, too. And I I met Frank, as I alluded to, I think, um, uh, several years, a couple years ago now. I start heard his stuff on YouTube. And I just knew that I was going to be, actually, I guess we can even go full screen there. And I just knew that I was going to, someday, that I was going to meet Frank. I just knew, right? How do I know? It's like, oh, I'm going to meet Frank. I, you know, I just knew in, like, my soul. I've got, I've had that with, like, many people in my life. And it just happens at some point in life. It could be years away. It's just like, oh, I know I'm going to meet that person. Awesome. I can feel into what that feels like to meet them. And like, you know, so in a sense, like I, I and he's, you know, and he had his own show. Um, oh, also to refer Frank, we'll have to link this stuff. <laughs> Remember to link these things, Aaron, um, in the bottom. But uh, that uh, Frank's got his own YouTube channel, Frank Castle. I think you can just find it that way. Uh, he's also on TFR, some of his older episodes, first uh, hundred or so or whatever. And then um, I was going to say that he, oh, and he was on an interview just two, a couple nights ago, within the last three, four, five days for last week, for sure. And uh, it's a three hour interview on paranormal radio or there's another name for it. I'll try to link him. Really, really good. That's whole, that's Frank's whole story from his like his life story kind of but also where he started taking ayahuasca five or six years ago or so now and all the experiences he had in detail and in um he just continues to articulate so even if the, the things he found about frank were interesting for example what made me think of that is when frank said this conversation with lucifer when he met lucifer during an ayahuasca experience or that was his first dmt experience actually so he goes into more elaborate detail on that interview uh so yeah so that was cool well, hi, Kala Sislo. How are you? Where, what state are you in right now? She's out there road tripping. Road tripping. <clears throat> um, let's see. Okay, so oh, someone said three wise men. Willow. Hey, Willow. Uh, let's see. Thank you. That's cool. What a cool thing to say. I would agree. I think we're three funny, pretty funny guys. We seem to entertain each other pretty well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Glad you caught live. Bummed to miss the beginning. Um, oh, yeah. Glad glad you could make it. One of five. Awesome. <laughs> really, it's so cool. It's nice to be able to interact with people. Can't wait to see the replay. I miss. Listen to first episode today. We'll do Nyoko's Wonderful. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, Willow. 
Let's see. Um, yeah, I think that's just in response to what we were saying. Joe M said rad. Awesome. Thanks. <laughs> so, um, where did I leave off? Mm. I'm trying to think if I even have anything to drink besides faucet water right now, and I don't want faucet water. Uh. Hold on. I'm going to go get, get something to drink. I'll be right back, too. I just realized I didn't turn my mic off, so <laughs> still on here as I'm getting stuff out of the fridge. Anyway, I found something to drink. <clears throat> um, okay, so what other dynamics? Okay, so the you are, you are the placebo dynamic. <clears throat> um, so that's from Joe Dispenza, or at least as far at least where it's popularized from. I don't. I think you might have coined the term too, but it's my favorite, and I like it a lot because. Uh, I just, I don't know, for me, the whole placebo dynamic, it just cinches it for me. It's all about you. You know, if you can take a sugar pill and get healed, well, there's contributing factors. No, placebo happens in, I mean, yes, there's infinitely nuanced reasons, but there are some core frameworks we can dissect just in psychology, I feel like. So I don't think it's that, that much of a stretch to prove we create our reality. It doesn't have to be new age. <laughs> it just makes sense. You know, so if you are the placebo... Then anything that you use in life, <clears throat> anything you use in life is a placebo belief catalyst or detriment, I guess, but whatever you're trying to build or construct in your life. So, excuse me. Um, so being able to, what's a good example? I don't know. It's really anything, right? Anything that you use, like, you know, the ritual things you do before you go to sleep or whatever that is for you, you know, washing your, um, you know, washing your face, taking a shower, or whatever, you know, your habits are, but even in your own mind and like the way you prepare your mind or shows you watch or whatever, their rituals or habits. Uh, but using placebo belief catalyst, if you want to change your habits or do something new or you want to engage, you know, sleeping and have more sovereignty over your dream time <clears throat> in your dream space. So doing things like I have four stuffed animals around the four corners of my bed and I put my own intentions in them. They're different metaphorical or typical representations of things. You know, but you can do it with really anything. It's it's what matters to you that you're putting intention and creating a sacred, if you will, and sovereign uh, environment so that when you sleep, you're connecting to you, not being tied into any other energetic grids or sacred geometry grids and Masonic grids and all the other stuff that's around, you know, the other dynamics. But being able to have it cleanse your space, having some kind of essential oil or um, uh I mean, yeah, essential oil, but I'm thinking of the machine, the distiller or something. 
Um, <laughs> it's not distort, but it's a not a vaporizer. I don't know, something like that. Um, and so, uh, uh, some kind of scent like Palo Santo is wonderful. Uh, and I got a whole bunch, I got a bunch of resins. <laughs> okay. This is turning into like a blog. All right. I blog like, Hey, you want to go see this? All right. Well, it is what it is. Zach's gone. So <laughs> I'm just going to patter on. All right. Check this out. So there's a whole bunch of different resins I got for an incense burner. This one I got here, which, hey, here's a little tidbit, I guess. If you've never burned resins or incense, here's how you do it. I don't know. It's still hot. I don't think it's... I had this burn at the beginning of the show. It's been two hours. Yeah, it's probably done. Okay, so... The way I do it, there's like ways to do it. But let's take the charcoal. I'm going to get a pack of charcoal briquettes. Come in a box and get them on Amazon. Most of the stuff you can get on Amazon. Um, and then I don't have a jet. Oh, I do have a jet lighter. I'm going to run and grab it. I'm putting him here on top of the ashes of the old one. Boy, is it gone? That would be awesome if it is. Sorry, I'm trying to look to see if uh, you have to see if it's starting to spark and actually go. Oh, it did. Cool. It had enough of the old, um, uh, the old coal burning that it got this one going, which was great because I was gonna have to get it's a pain in the butt with a regular lighter to try to hold it up and do it. So that's going. I gotta let that get completely. I usually wait till it gets completely white-ish or it cools down or it's gone through thoroughly. Because the resins will burn really quickly and sear. Um, but, oh, the one I've got right here, so far I just put on here, is uh, Rare Black Frankincense. I thought that was fitting for talking about the Bible stuff, because they gave Jesus frankincense, gold, and myrrh. Which is very interesting, because it was very um, interdimensional items, you know, myrrh. And the fragrances, so smudge and everything, <clears throat> clearing out different uh, astral realms and dynamics from entities or different things, um, but smudging in different forms, different scents do different things with different purposes and intentions or continuing morphogenic field expression through belief systems over time, something like that. <clears throat> so it's cool to try, <laughs> if I had a point in that at all, it's cool to try different resins in different scents because it, it does like it's interesting how they'll not just like if i like the smell or don't like the smell like trying to go much more nuanced and deeper than that and trying to figure out what you know all the nuances of what the smells like bringing up in remembrance even in my dna and then obviously some i do actually enjoy more than others but trying to you know being able to know them all like a lot of psychedelics and different things like there's a pretty broad spectrum that i'm covering <laughs> and have covered because I see the value in the additional nuanced perspective and even smells bringing that perspective, which is really interesting because your nose is the only thing is, or not the only thing. Well, actually I think the only thing, but you, we'll just say the open orifice of your nose, the weight goes up through your turbulators. I think they're called turbulators. I always forget, but I'm like really turbulators in your nose, but I'm pretty sure it is. You have three different ones three different chambers anyway but it goes right up to your through your cerebral spinal fluid i think right up in your brain right 
And so in the, the sense, I guess, I don't know if they proved this or whatnot, but they can stimulate memories more than any other sense. It's from the scent. Yeah. And then thinking like movies and stuff, right? When they use that, uh, the sniffing salts to wake somebody up or whatever, like the scent knocks them conscious. It's interesting. Hmm. All right. Let me put some of this in here. Okay. So then now that it's in there, try to break it up into... Almost off screen, but that's okay. Um, so they come in typically different briquette sizes. And then this one's actually been fortunately pretty easy to crumble. Some of them are not, and that's annoying, or they're kind of almost can be gooey because the resins just melt at a lower temperature. I think this one's starting to be gooey. Yep, it's going to be a big one. And it smells Tell you a second, this one's less it's not breaking up very easy. All right, there we go. Hmm. Uh, so it smells like frankincense. Like that's a bass note in it or something. I don't know, man. It's like a tree, but a tree of never. I mean, I want to say it's just black. Yeah, black frankincense is like the right descriptor, but it doesn't. You know, that's not a, a significant enough word for me, or sufficient enough word because like a root. I don't know, man. It's interesting. It's really interesting. I don't know, whatever. So it's just a silly little nuance. Um, okay, what was I was going to say, oh, let me go back to the comments here because that's about all I had to say on that. Uh, Kala said, it's so interesting the way each energy was described by each of you. Uh, then the liquid, especially since I experienced those without any type of assistance. Yeah, you are awesome. And I know there's a lot of you out there. That's really cool. So it's cool also, I imagine, to hear it from additional perspectives through different upbringings and different experiences. You know, because I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't know Zach well enough um, to know the dynamic with him. But I know Frank experienced that without help also most of the time. And that just helped amplify certain things for him and help him to explain, I think, a lot of his own upbringing and experience. And just hadn't really had a framework for it. Um you know, and a lot of other people. So that's, that's really cool. So yeah, that's, I'm glad that you heard. That'll be interesting to hear your thoughts on those perspectives in Colorado working with synergies. Yes. Cool. Uh, here we go. Cool. Let me do a topic change. MK ultra channel. Okay. Uh, question about the Bible. What does Elohim stand for? Okay. So based on my study, the original text and everything, if you go just grammatically, if it ends in H-I-M, or that's transli transliteration, but uh, im, I think it's a uh, vav, wasn't that? Yod, yeah, it's a uh, yod mem, im. It's a plural, right? So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's actually bereshit bara et Elohim hashamayim eiharetz, I believe. So it's in the beginning, or from, or in the beginnings, um, Elohim. Gods 
upgrade the heavens and the earth. I, it's my opinion that that's the right way to interpret that, but that's, it doesn't matter to me ultimately because whatever your frameworks works for you. So I wouldn't go, I don't need to go, the Mormons do that. It's funny because I learned that when Mormons came to the door years ago <clears throat> and before I also learned it just through studying the text. But the Mormons, uh, that was one of the arguments. They were like, they, they kind of walked through that, but it was like at the time, I literally just didn't believe it. I just, and what I did was, this is sparks an interesting story. So it caused cognitive dissonance in me, right? The when they showed that through the text, and then they're showing how there are errors in the Bible, or I think that's what their point was. Not so much that, uh, or that we are all gods. That was to prove their belief for the, their afterlife system. I don't know. Anyway, um, <clears throat> they, I didn't know what to do with that, but I thought that Elohim is male plurals. Um, yeah, it's it's plural for sure. Well, there's Benaham Elohim, which means the sons of God, which are the angels, but they're typically a, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, I was to say amoral, not amoral. <laughs> Usually they're assigned to do tasks, or they do have free choice. Um, asexual, a lot of times, unless they come into shape or form. So that's interesting too. But yeah, so um. So when I had dissonance with what that word meant back then, I just held on to the dissonance. I trusted my paradigm that God was a good father and that he was trustworthy, the God of the Bible, as I believed and understood him. So this dissonance where apparently God, the word God means gods, I didn't know what to do with that, right? It seemed like what their logic was somewhat sound, but maybe there's just something I didn't understand and just kept going on with life and my relationship and that dynamic with the Lord, with that, that dynamic. Um, and uh, Eventually, within the church, what I what it seemed to me in a way that it made sense within that framework was what that could mean is in the beginning was the three parts of God, the the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, because it says in the beginning is for John one one. And this is more of a famous verse outside the church too. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God. Uh, was it? He was with God in the beginning, and before Him, not nothing was made that has been made. In him, all things were made that have been made. So the word, the logos, the spoken word, and me and Zach actually were talking about this a lot different times, but the the sound <laughs> sound and light almost being an, a, a constant interchange or amplification of being the original frequencies of existence. And um, so if Jesus was in the beginning of the word, and he gets into the other verses, in the beginning, the next few verses, it goes into um, that the spirit hovered over the face of the earth and so there, so it shows at the beginning of creation, even the spirits there. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It could, it could be read as this is the problem with interpretation, right? It's literally endless. You can interpret based on different value systems. That's why there's 44,000 denominations. I'm sorry. How can you just say your way to interpret it is the right way? And that's fine. That's why they stick to just believing in the, the well, you just believe in Christ and Christ in you. Why do? Well, no, not like you do like we do okay so <clears throat> we'll just agree to disagree okay um ah shoot i got myself off track let's see uh you can compare genesis 1 1 versus exodus 23 can you uh well can you post that real quick what's exodus 23 just so i know offhand <clears throat> um Actually, let me see. Oh, yeah, I've got my phone. I can do two things at once. 
Unless it forces me to install an update. No. Postponed. Exodus 23. Oh, you shall have no other gods before me. Okay, so that's, uh, I'm assuming there that the, the Hebrew is Elohim is what you're pointing out. Yeah, so if you, even if you interpret, um, so a lot of the Christian paradigms, I think it's called hermeneutics, if I remember correctly, the way to interpret scripture. So there's different denominations that have different, um, <clears throat> excuse me, structures and um, for doing that. And a lot of them is you interpret scripture with scripture. So you cross-reference any other time that Hebrew word or Greek word has been used throughout the entire 6-6 book. They believe it to be a divine book. And honestly, look, the Bible code, if you've never seen documentaries on it, it's pretty legit. I believe the Bible to be a very interdimensional document, you know, that there's a lot of code and things that were done well <clears throat> with, the, with the Bible and the other ancient texts, too. There's actual skip codes and things, and the Hebrews get into that whole dynamic in Israel and I mean, modern day stuff they've been doing for a while, but um, um, when you interpret it uh, within the context of just the scriptures, you find that Elohim is only used one time in a way that is singular. And I believe it's talking about God or Yahweh or whatever, because, because a lot of it too. So when they talk about God or Yahweh specifically in the Bible, it's Yahweh Elohim or Elohim. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yahweh Elohim often. You know, or Yahweh, uh, Yahweh Rapha, Yahweh Rapha, or the different titles of God. But the God's name or God's name, um, or El, a lot of times El, El Abraham or Abram, Abraham, um, denoting a lord or a king. But it's El, Elohim, God's El, Israel, Isis, Ra, Elohim. You know, it's all, it's all in the words, man. Ooh, the code is all in language. You know, so um, there he is. Welcome back. How's Yo, your sorry. AFK? Took a little longer than expected. <laughs> it was it was everything I ever hoped it would be, man. <laughs> yeah, I had high hopes Good. and it lived up to it. Yep. So, anyways. Okay, I I have a thought. So I'm I'm down. I'm on a roll to keep just chatting. We're over two hours. That's fine. But do we want to do like a end a normal show so we keep the normal podcast two hours and then we can do like we can just when we feel like it. Like if we do tonight, we literally jump that right back on with just our own kind of after hours more chatting. Or should we just let it roll and let it? I mean, I because I never took the time to find out if there's anything to do with over two hour videos, but we're already over it anyway. So we could just let this one just roll. And see what happens okay. to it. You know I mean? Yeah, I'll try things. It might actually, own, yeah, I mean, you know, back, backstage talk right here, but it might actually help our watch time because it's altogether possible that someone turns it on and then goes AFK. And if it's a much longer video, then they get more watch time, even if they're not watching. So oh, I it might, you. might yeah. help us in the long run. I know, so, it's funny because also, it's funny you know, low key, if you just want to like turn on the video on other devices and watch it, that helps us. So, anyways. <laughs> yeah um it's funny because uh uh frank um uh what was i gonna say uh shit nope i totally lost it so frank topic, uh, maybe... would be the only way i could help you out so that's not a lot to no, go off can't. of <laughs> so, so i'm gonna i'm gonna re totally restructure that oh wait 
Last question. Do you yeah. sun gaze? Oh, yeah. I've been doing some questions on here. Oh, wait. There's another one before that. But, uh, okay. Hold on. Where we'll did Christianity obtain the date to celebrate 25th of December as Christmas? And I actually kind of have a kind of complimentary question of that. I have, and I don't actually never looked into it. I have heard that the, what would be the actual date of Jesus would be closer to September 11th, Easter or something. Oh. <laughs> The, yeah. the opposite direction of the way that we that we recognize yeah, yeah. it. I don't remember which direction that is. My bad. So I've, so I've heard a lot. Um, a lot of it, if you want to really simplify it down, a- astrotheology will really explain most of it. The movements of the stars, 12 disciples, all the metaphors, all the archetypes, all the stories in the Bible. Like It, it does a really good job. But there are additional dynamics. There's the actual changing of tradition over time, the celebration of... Um, he was the king of Babylon or who was uh, whatever, Nimrod, Nimrod on uh, August 25th. It's been a, a cult ritual date for a long time. So they've changed Christianity, the Catholic cult, Catholic church. Jeez, man. I hope people know there's more than just one Pope <laughs> for one, but like uh, that whole dynamic, man. Um, and so, uh, how, so you say more than one pope? Like, how many popes are there? Like, I mean, I as far as okay, I know, there's no, only one. I, act, you know, there's one that we observe. What do you mean by that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you? Well, okay. Do you have you personally done any research into that at all? Like, do you know the additional esoteric structures that are very, very from the insiders, all the different interviews, and like the real people who know and have come out of that system and know what's going on, and the, the trauma victims who like talk about these are the different st- structures. Like, none of that stuff. Nope. nope. Interesting. So that's why it's cool doing this with you too. Like there's a lot of backstory and like base knowledge. I don't know that you do or don't have. So obviously that allows us to have different stories and dynamics come out. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. So my, what do you mean by that though? All... One Pope. Like, what do you mean that there's more than one Pope? Yeah, yeah. So my understanding, um, is there's a, there's a white Pope and there's a black Pope. The white Pope ultimately is the face right? The one that he's not the real decider, obviously has power, just like our president has power in some forms, even though, you know, okay. Are you familiar with the deep, deep state infrastructure, the whole yeah, Trump I mean, dynamic I'm, and sure. Yeah. The Q, the Q material basically, or David Wilcox material, that, that whole, that logical yep. framework and that news media. Okay. All right. That'll help connect the two. So it's just, um, so it's similar to that, but there's all these people running the Pope behind the have for, for 2000 years. I mean, it's been part of their infrastructure, the Knights Templar, the different, and, there's a lot of different dynamics in there and there's a lot of history. There's just so much history. So you can start to get the frameworks and you see the archetypes and the cycles they repeat and the ways they do infrastructure and power. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense when you find out from modern, modern day traumatized victims, all their stories and different popes and different structures, and they all overlap and say similar things that they would have these hidden back structures there, but that they do. And the Pope and the Jesuits, ultimately the black Jesuit, there's a really good interview with, um, Shoot, what's his name? Uh, he's a really cool dude. He's actually a hypnotherapist, and I didn't know that. It just came out randomly in one of his shows. Um, but he does this radio show, and he's with two other guys. They were basically a guy who does the uh, YouTube channel, a, a Plain Truth, A-P-L-A-N-E, Truth, mm-hmm. be based on the flat truth dynamic. But if, if anyone's going to look into that, his is one of the best sites to go through. He does, he does it really well. That leads you at least into a, a way of thinking about things and examining evidences that make you go, huh, Maybe it's not as black and white an issue as I thought. And then that can freak sure. people out, right? Whatever you believe about it. But anyway, he, him and another guy did a really good interview on the Jesuits and that whole structure and broke down all the whole 13 bloodlines, but way beyond that, all the other stuff that's gone on, the way that they created the 
Bible and the way that they structured the stories based on his families. Like to me, all that stuff I've traveled, it all seems true. Like a lot of that, like everything seems true simultaneously and it's worked out to the mess we have today, you mm-hmm. know, and, yeah. but a beautiful mess. In so, the sense. so basically anyway. the idea is that you, that there's a, uh, that really like the Pope that people recognize is really more like a figurehead. And there's probably somebody who's really more like leading behind the scenes. Is that kind of the concept? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. I want to keep going. This let's make this lighthearted. Okay. This guy's name's MK ultra for once. And he's asking me questions like, and he's like, he agrees. I'm, I appreciate it. I do. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just like, okay, dude, like I'm getting grilled and like Christmas equals winter and summer solstice. Agree. I don't know. Shit. If I don't, am I in trouble? All right. But like that, and, and I only get to sun gazing. I, I do agree. That's another part of it. So in a more ancient tradition, um, actually doing it on the summers and the solstice, the resurrection after three days at perfect stillness, it also goes to connect to your bowels and so the whole chakra cycle and ascending through Jacob's ladder I and mean, all the things parallel, but they all, they all root back to the movement of the sun and the stars. That's why astro theology really is the root behind. You can see the archetypes and all the religions and stuff and all the frameworks you know, back to the stars and all the way back, at least to the last 6,000 year iteration, they've been doing astrology since like we got 5,000 year old tablets and things doing astrology accurately. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the, the winter, summer solstice thing makes a lot more sense to me than like some just fucking day, you know, what I mean? right. like what's, what's December 25th. I mean, really like there's no real thing besides just like this story that well, so, is, makes it notable. So, and I think we maybe talked about, or Vert talked about this. You're familiar with Rupert Sheldrake's work, Morphogenic Fields, right? Yeah. Okay, so when you build up a morphogenic field around a date, you create a portal, you create an application of a resonance that comes around when the sun and moon or whatever times in the date you may have chosen, and you do blood sure, rituals like, and all the stuff I mean, they do what, for centuries. What's but the as sense a, behind this, level, though, besides just like literally, you, so you, so I can pick any arbitrary day and build yeah. enough of a structure around it. And that's then it, it like brings, that, it that's now reality. a thing. That's the it idea. brings realities. Uh, oh, okay. I, thank you. This is really sweet. Appreciate for sharing. I resonate with your ideas and knowledge. Thanks brother of light. Yeah, man, you too. Um, so, uh, sorry, pick Go ahead and give me where we left off. Oh, no, it just, like, I mean, it seems if we can pick any arbitrary date for something, then how powerful is that really? You know, especially when you touch yeah. on the idea of, like, well, astrology, astrotheology, these kinds of things. Like, there's, well, the Gayat al-Hakim, or otherwise known as the Picatrix, you know, a, a, it's a Middle Eastern text from a long time ago. Don't need to pick into what it is, but fun- functionally, as a, functionally as a spell book, but the entire thing is about talismanic magic, basically. And it's all very aligned to dates. But those dates that it safe, says for things very much so have an alignment and a reasoning why, like, stuff is in the right place. And December yes. 25th, specifically, as far as, like, astrology goes, there's nothing in any particularly special place on well, December okay. so, 25th. So, okay, so one... Or anything the, like the, that. There, well, there probably is the just maybe ways that I'm not, you know, not aware of certain nuances of astrology. Astrology is very nuanced, right? I've learned that. Sure. I mean, unless sure. you're doing some crazy shit, like mapping some like weird asteroid, like, 
I my you know I talked about yeah, yeah. formatting the discs sure. for my mom earlier. The reason I was formatting discs is because we were putting astrology charts on them. Like it's been in my life, like my whole life. I okay, I mean right even on. when I I run my own astrology like a lot, but when even when I do that, like I'm plotting like I don't know 25 stars, 20 different asteroids, all of the normal planets, galactic center, pointing to various different galaxies. And even then, December 25th, it's a fucking arbitrary day. It's just like some day. Okay, so let me pick. I didn't. Okay, I didn't know you had that knowledge base. Great. So I'll, I'll bounce off of you. I was broad sweeping with my own knowledge base, which is not nearly as extensive as yours. And as a side note, I guess it is well, interesting that that's 1225. And like okay, if we do the Pythagorean reduction thing, we have it in a 10 there. And there's ways where yeah. we can draw a correlation that 10 comes from the Hebrew letter Yod. And Yod is a place where we got the idea of God from. And I think that's also interesting with the carryover to the idea of like cycles happening in nines and God always being the idea of the thing beyond. Then the, again, you see where like, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, like we could really understand it, zero through nine. And then I have the first iteration of zero again. So I call it 10. Right. But it's like the thing outside of the system right. I was just in. So you get a lot of carryovers where like 10 would be God. And I mean, I guess 1225 does reduce to 10. So like maybe that That seems like I'm fucking just it seems no. like I just flew across the galaxy to make a correlation as to why okay, that day was worthwhile. OK, here's why I feel that correlation is valuable. One, I value gematria and number direction very much in my own personal life. Right. I've just the, the numbers have once I found out the numbers had meaning. I started seeing numbers and then they had meanings, but the, the meanings I associated was through, which I'll have more visible at some point was through the original. I have it up my wall, the original he, uh, Hebrew alphabet. And this the pict pictograph symbology uh, like we were talking about the other night, the meaning of heart. Remember? So the, the number, you know, like even towards like the 18, uh, like probably it, I can guarantee at least until the mid 1700s, it was considered yeah. a high art in universities, like equivalent to fucking any science to, of how to basically, it, through like literature, writing words, how to hide information in there. That was just that was totally. just like a thing that they taught in college, like you know, like totally. this cryptology and relating right. it to number and things like this. Like it's fucking right. fascinating going through yeah. basically etymology the words. and all that shit. Not even just like etymology. It's so far beyond that. Like these guys well, are so well, clever. Okay, like but, the but Renaissance have... period. And, yeah, yeah. and like early 1700 Elizabethan era, basically. And then like yep. King James as well. Like that period of time, they were doing like the craziest shit with writing. I mean, I think it's actually all over the place, but they were doing the craziest shit with writing there. And it's crazy, like the carryover to Gematria. Like we were already doing this when yep. we were writing like the Bible and stuff with these, yep. I guess, what, what would you call them? Gematric comparisons or whatever. I don't really know how you say that yeah, word in that format. I got you. But nevertheless like when you use gematria to draw a correlation between two words in many ways you end up creating some type of like diverse cipher for what you've actually just written there and what you haven't written there totally dude the, so in the original hebrew tradition so there's the kabbalah which is more like the, the actually taught of i think of the actual kabbalistic structure and those dynamics but you have the oral traditions that are passed on i think it's the mishnah and a few others and a lot of it they're collections um this guy who was a professor at harvard back in the early 1900s wrote he's a jewish professor and he wrote the legends of the jews he collected all the oral stories and he wrote them down in six novels and i've got them i ended up printing them all out i couldn't find i found one set on ebay and it was like he should have spent some time to come up with like a better name the legends of the jews 
Yeah, that doesn't seem like, I mean, well, it so seems they, like just okay, such a cop-out, uh, like, ah, let's break, the break it down, break, break <laughs> it down to me. Why, why does that seem like a cop-out title? What do those nuances of those words mean to you? It's not even, a, it, it's, it's that, there, I mean, there's just not a lot of nuance to those words. I mean, like, you can, you can spend all okay. day, like, picking apart what, what, is, is, what, is what, legend, legend what does legend really do. Does a legend to you mean myth, or does it mean past functional archetype uh, or actual historical story? I mean, I think it can definitely be used in all of those ways. Right. So what does a person really mean when they say it, you know? Yeah. But it's, sure. it's really just like, I don't know. It just sounds so normal. That's really the thing. Sure. It's, not like a, it's not like a big thought out thing. When I hear that and I know it's like, you've collected all this data and da, 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 and then you put it together and like, it's the legend of the Jews. I feel like they could have done so, more. Okay, look, so Call has read it. It's super good. Right, so it's written yeah. down. The written well, down I mean, maybe words. the book's great, but if it's great, then that even further reinforces <laughs> my point that you should have put some time into the title, right? <laughs> like, yeah, well, okay, so to me that makes sense because so the legends are their heroes in a sense, the stories, the ones that resonate and they pass on generation to generation. They're the, then it's funny because they have the same Bible stories, but they'll have them for two or three perspectives. Now, when he found stories that were enough the same, he incorporated those into one story. But when there are enough nuanced details from different Jewish families around the world or whatever, the way they change sure. the story over time, he put in the different variations. And it's mm -hmm. amazing to see how people are carrying on. The, there's additional nuance, additional code, if you will, in the nuances of the stories. It's amazing to see in the book of Jasher how you see the original 12 sons of Jacob all had their own superpowers. Right. One of them ran on the tops of the corn stalks like a, a deer. And what took a normal man three days to get to somewhere it took him three hours. Right. I mean, this is blatantly in the text, these epigenetic activations, if you will, apparently from our do ancestors. You think, do you think that's a true thing that happened or do you think that's a story that we're supposed to actually drive some learning from? I think it's what I, I think it's everything all the time. Always. Absolutely. I think at a core level, though, it, if you for me, I see that that thing happened in ancient texts over time. And I see that get weeded out of science where that they, they separate us from the things we can do as being just the quantum dynamic alone. And also, again, like we talked about before, 80% being junk DNA because they don't see it in coding proteins. Like, I just think there's so many things that science is – well, it is. Like you've got Dan Winter. You've got um, Rupert Sheldrake. You've got these people that are out there that are very credentialed and experienced and been doing this a long time to know that reality isn't run how most people think it's run. You know, it's actually a lot simpler. And you get into the coherence and stillness and all. That's why we talk about the things we talk about because yeah. to access all the cool stuff I think comes from like Frank was talking about it's interesting the farther you go out away from yourself the farther away from you are to an external thing anything so sure. when we go in that we can unlock that's why all those terminologies work I guess or finding places yeah. finding places in your CPU uh, some cores in your CPU that you didn't know that were present there that you can go in now you may have to tweak the voltage and whatever so you don't overload it or whatever but that's another interesting thing to that is like when I did that originally we were kind of like right at the front end of where we switched over from like we had the Pentium single core technology and then we started yeah. adding more cores and we started doing multi-threading and honestly like my brain came right along with it. Like my yeah. brain got faster as I went like, whoa, we're adding cores. Like, wait, how could I correlate that to my own brain? How's my brain like, how could I run two cores? And then multi-threading came and I was like, whoa, like now, okay, how could I do that? Because that's running many things through the same processor. And I was real like into the idea of like, okay, like multitasking. But in order to multi, like you can't really multitask, but how can you get better? 
at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that like yeah. that idea of multi-threading just really like, and I, I don't have maybe all the bits and pieces in place because it was really more through just a process of contemplation of like, what the implications of that is, is that like my brain was, or, you know, a logical processing part of my brain was the CPU, but now we made CPUs better because one of the things that like, I was definitely, I don't, I don't know if I really want to say told, but like that I had an understanding of from those experiences was that like, as computers grew, that was also going to be like how my mind really, like that's how my mind worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all we would be able to do. And now I really look at it as, as that, like, I think we kind of created computers purposely expressing our mind. And that makes sense because we were like, well, it's like our logical part of our mind because we were trying to create like this logical thinking machine, you know, but we really kind of created like a logical side of our brain. And then like you now have like quantum computing which where we're really having the problem is with like these weird like variances and shit. And what we're basically trying to do is bring in like that intuitive, illogical side of the brain. And it's, it's very problematic when you try to mix it with logic because like it doesn't care about logic. You know what I mean? How would you, okay. So then how would you even incorporate this question? So how would you, uh, how one opens or creates new neural pathways and opening or connecting to opening our awareness, but especially with the dynamic of how do you incorporate the left left brain, if you will, or the more logical side? How does that have to behave or whatever in some dynamic? How do you have to perceive that dynamic to actually engage? Logic works the best if it has a very strict procedure that it follows. So you could like you can look at that through math, like some kind of equation. It needs to be a squared plus B squared equals C squared. If you do that, you always get the area of the triangle. But then that procedure being strict, like you could run it backwards and you can find other valuable information. You can take the outsides and operate on them properly with that. But you need to maintain a procedure with it. And logic is really kind of like all about procedures to speak to like, I'm not sure, is this asking like how you open new neural pathways and, and how you open your awareness is that like i'm gonna go with i think that's probably the question sure opening yeah. new neural pathways from the idea of neuroscience as far as i understand it is really well we have it's neurogenesis the function of neurogenesis basically provides the opportunity for a nor, new neural pathway to generate neurogenesis can be generated by a lot of things just like running does that certain foods do it if you want to know all the things that do it definitely go read right. i'm not going to give a full list but like really generating new neural pathways or generating anything with your awareness is about literally just like seeing new shit just like doing new shit doing more shit do stuff you haven't Trying done new things all the yeah. time like i i could science the science the shit out of it but there's no reason to science the shit out of it it's like do new shit Okay, let me let me let me ask you. Since we talked about that last night, let's let me ask you. Just asking, you how think, can I or how can I get to? Will open the neural pathways. Yeah, literally, just what I just said. Just just try new shit. Just all yeah. kinds of new stuff. If you haven't done it before, it could probably do that. If you're really passionate about doing that thing, I think it's more likely to do that because you'll invest more in it just because you want to. So just try new shit. Okay, so what do you think about um, – where do you think consciousness or awareness or if they're the same thing, maybe they're separate, 
actually reside in the body. So how much does your neural pathways matter? Does your awareness find resonance with that? I, or I what, don't believe what? consciousness or awareness actually resides inside the body. Like that's, that's not really how I would perceive it. Um, okay. Awareness really is just a difference, right? And the difference really happens at a center point. So this awareness sits at the middle. Consciousness is really the expression of everything. When we raise our awareness, we're basically able to see farther from the middle out or farther back in, however you really want to look at it. I think kind of there's both processes of that, and we could get into a lot of nuance there. But the awareness is something that just is. It's, it's not really about it being located some, somewhere. Nothing is located anywhere without awareness to be located by, in. So the consciousness is just a thing that's always there. It's that potential that you see. That's, that's all consciousness. It's, it's everything. It's everywhere. It's all the time. Nothing isn't that. All of it is consciousness. Some of it is made manifest, and in order to do that, it is observed, but it's observed from this awareness functionally. We play out kind of an, a, a pattern of that, you know, a smaller fractal where we then see our own observer effect and our own personal awareness, but it's not really actually our own personal awareness. It's basically an acting out of what really actually the nature is but that nature is actually very simple and functionally vague like it's just a spot where isn't and is cross over one another so you call this the place where the awareness resides awareness resides wherever it's placed functionally though so because it's a thing that's done it's not really a thing that is somewhere and Awareness places itself to different locations in the consciousness to have experiences. And that, I think a lot of humans would like to believe that that awareness is very much so like locked in a place. This is mine. It's this, etc. I don't think that's true. I think it's very much so more borrowed. We kind of actually in a certain way, like we luck out that it comes back as normal as it does every time we come mm. back to it and it's okay, not so we use it notion, as a consensus position and yeah, because so, of that we attach to it so on that notion would you agree with the metaphorical paradigm i guess and go ahead and adjust it as you would um that we are the tvs and we're the receivers and that our consciousness is the projecting base signal from some place that is not solely contained within this physical vessel when we get into the we thing, that's like uh, if we're really getting full value with that, that's what we really yep. are, right? And what we really are is all of that shit, the whole thing. Like yep. you're the system within which the potential for the awareness of consciousness resides and thus the experiences that fall out of that possibility. Yeah. So you're, you're, not, you're not in the system. You're not a thing in the system. You're, you're mm -hmm. the machine 
functionally and then the things transpire really actually inside of you inside of your awareness but what you right. really are is like definitely not the body or anything like it's, it's right, much right, outside right. of that for sure so okay so it's interesting so, so here's my... it's more like the environment you're asking whether it's a tv or a receiver and da, 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 and it's really more like the environment within which all of those things reside or could reside sure okay so i think so if I just processing out loud, I haven't actually processed through these paradigms in a while. Um, it seems to me, I, so what you're saying, like, I feel like what you're saying is like step 10, like that's, that's one to 10, that's 10. Like we are everything. All right. And we were, sure. we were so, but somewhere in between we're in a body talking about enjoying things in the body being uh -huh. one or whatever, no awareness of higher dynamics at all or outside of this existence or whatever. Um, right. So trying to flesh out some of the more details in between. So the nuances, the technology, if you will, for how does, and to me, okay, the reason I use human DNA skin suit, because if you've seen the video, um, I mean, this isn't the sole reason, but this is like a perfect, like, I don't need to explain any more beyond this. I feel like this makes it all make sense, or at least you can understand how, why it totally makes sense to me. So the, um, there's a video, uh, the show of actual animation though, but of what they've recorded through electron microscopes and everything going on in your cells, the little factories in your cells, the little creatures like walking along your DNA, carrying things along. Yeah, and then, things, that's you know, like, cool. I know what you're talking about. It's like a protein carrying a sugar or something like that. Right, man, something crazy, right? So like- It looks it, like it, a whole it, animal world, you know what I mean? Like it's, but, it's but all of a sudden it, like- there, You, you can literally animals. see molecules stacked on molecules though with <laughs> awareness, with programming. Right. Mm -hmm. To do things, to take this, to sense, oh, yeah. sensory, whatever, to pick up sugar. They know to move it to this. Yeah, location. They're, very, like, they're very procedural. They're logical. And it's like it's like a machine. It's like a factory. They're processes. There's waste product. There's like all of it. Right. So, so that to me, no matter how organic we think we are, man, come on, we're machines, bro. We're just really advanced. Come on. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. I know we're really good. But, dude, it, we're, we are advanced vehicles, if you will, created by some yeah, form of higher I, consciousness. I'm, I think at a certain level, we be we are a machine that is like a stuff happens machine. Okay. As it's a person, just very vague like person? that, you know? What's that? Yeah. As you mean as a person, that we are a stuff happens machine? A person is like, okay, if my camera is the possibilities for existence, and I'm talking yeah. about that we're, we're a, a stuff happening machine way up here. Yeah. Yeah. A person's like here. Okay. But so then, you're not you're yeah. not those things. You you're the stuff happening machine. Like you're you're out you're out here. But you experience all this stuff in here. Here you go. Take that one, Zach. External environment to me is simply the reflection of the internal circumstances, emotions, experiences, programs, and beliefs. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like a Inside, we sculpt what we think the picture looks like. We project the picture out. We see the picture that reinforces the belief that we had inside. We believe we had the experience. We shoot it back as an experience that has basically been had. Voila, we've learned about basically a new experience. And the thing happening machine has done its job. And that's like pretty much how it happened. We sit in the yeah. middle of that. But as what, what we really are, like we're projected into a space like, I shouldn't be able to think about myself as a machine like that or see these lower machines like that unless I'm able to move dimensionally through the machine. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. if I'm able to move dimensionally through the machine, then I'm, I'm not the human. I'm not the cell. I'm not the thing outside of that. 
I'm the thing able to move through this whole thing. And that thing, that's very different. That's not like a, it doesn't have, it doesn't have an identity. It's so anybody having an experience is having an experience that is being perceived by the thing that moves through the machine by this metaphor. So they're all the same thing. Right. But that thing's functionally the most powerful thing in the machine because well, Dan Winters does a good job of doing this. It's all about four-way wave conjugation. The machine has a constant wave of potential that sits inside of it. That doesn't make anything happen. Something happens when it comes in conjugation with a perpendicular wave, right? So you can look at yourself as being like as a machine where this is a wavy space and sometimes it pierces down through it, voila, your, your experience. Or you can look at it as that it's like this and you kind of move yourself down along that, like tuning yourself or whatever. It doesn't matter. Both systems work. The idea is that you're coming into a cross. And this is really like the science spirituality crossover for me, haha puns. But nevertheless, like this is where we get to actually understanding like why what why does everybody worship a cross? Why is it worthwhile? Right? Is because at really like the core, when when this thing, what we really are conjugates with what can be something happens that and so everything comes from the cross functionally but it comes from this wave conjugation so you're 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 not this this thing happening right here really and you're not really like the potentials of stuff that can happen and you're really actually looking at like you're not really even the thing that like tunes into it you're even farther outside of that. You're the thing that's able to perceive the interaction of wave conjugation coming together and then subdimensionally, or maybe in your perception of things, it's transdimensionally, but through science of it, it sounds a lot more like there's implosion going on than explosion. So it's probably subdimensionally. Subdimensionally, you're collapsing into a space that you further and further immerse into. And uh, as you get to deeper levels of intoxication, you identify with things that are architectures inside of those different dimensionalities in your consensus reality right now, as anybody that would be watching this, you think you're a human, but that's just because of your tuning. That's just where you're tuned. Like you're not that that's the place that the machine is tuned to, to generate results based the one you're using. Basically, if you're, if you still need to be something like the idea that you need to be a something that does stuff is a weak, disempowered paradigm. That's bullshit. Your, your God's fucking false. Okay. Like I don't care which one you believe in. Even if you think it's yourself, the idea that there is an identity that you are is completely disempowered to the idea that you are a void space within which potential transpires. You are not going to get to the same level of power as that with the idea that you have a shape. You need to be amorphous, nothing. The fact that you are no thing is way more powerful than the fact that you are something. That's just the thing you do. Like, that's really like my belief on it. What you are is void or said in the book of Amos, the day of your Lord will be a day of darkness. Someday when you come to really know God, you will see that that shit doesn't exist. And then you found him. Then you found it. That's the day when you realize there is no actual answer and you're void. There doesn't need to be an answer. That's, That's when we've actually gotten there. And if you haven't gotten there, you're in some process of getting there. 
I'm all for that. There's there is very great way to go along things. These the places where we do the system works perfect and it's generating results. Multidimensional. Okay, we missed one of these. Like God being right. functionally. I mean, or you're being God. You can run those words either direction that you want. Um, it, it, the whole idea of God and being is a thing that, to my personal perspective, transpires inside of what you really are, which isn't a, it's not a thing, and it's not being. It's really, if we have to put words on it, it's like an isness. It's just what the shit that is, and it doesn't take form or anything like that. People put forms on it. It's mercury. Yeah. So we program the water in the cells based off the emotions and what we ingest. Very, very good science to back this up. The doc, the work of like Dr. Emoto and stuff like couldn't possibly yep. agree more. I don't yep. drink enough water, one, but like I have spent a lot of time like structuring water, yep. purposely like writing stuff on my water, all this stuff. Like, yep. it, it me too. Me and that shit. Yeah, yeah. Works. Dude, I don't think the... you actually have to do that. Like projecting just ideas and the idea that there's water in everything. I ran for a, quite a long period of time. I literally ate nothing but McDonald's, but every time I ate McDonald's, I was, I very much so was like, this is exactly the things that my body needs all the time. Totally. And people can, I mean, you know, people can take this yeah, anecdotal right. or whatever they want. I really don't care because I know inside yeah. of my experience, I That's felt right. healthy as a goddamn ox and I had eaten nothing yep. but McDonald's for like three years, right. like basically nothing but McDonald's the whole yep. time. But I knew I was purposefully doing this and i was really taking the time out to make sure that like this is what i believed about it and i think like the yeah. water in the cells like we're able to program everything and we are that like kind of programmer of the whole machine kind of water is a thing that in this dimensionality we recognize as a carrier medium for the code that's totally. a place where we can put code and we can interface with it with many different tools whether it be our writing or projecting our thoughts or our emotions, whatever, to rewrite yeah. that code and then reinterpolate that code into the system. And then that's, that works better at that level. So like, I couldn't possibly agree more with that. Multidimensional limitless creations that are ever evolving and ever changing. It, yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're not, you're not something because as soon as you would identify that thing, you're something else. You know what I mean? Like then that's the cool thing is that you're always something new. The Jesus like resurrection thing that like I had a real strong engagement with this as a byproduct of ayahuasca, which was a, a, a like opposite thing that I expected when like I was in this position, I was like, I was expecting, I thought I was expecting anything. And it was like, yeah. Oh, explore like Jesus's resurrection. But like the thing that was really profound to me was I recognized at one point in time that like every single day that I wake up or even if I take a nap or whatever, and it got even farther, like every time I walk into a room, every time I blink my eyes, I have the opportunity to functionally like resurrect myself. And what would reality actually be like if I could bring myself every day when I woke up, I was completely new again. Like I didn't have anything that I remembered, anything that I believed, right? Totally. Like I had no yeah. knowledge. I had no conditioning. I had no paradigm. There's no yeah, paradigm. Yeah. Every yeah, time I woke up or every shoot. time I blinked my eyes. Yeah. yeah. And like to me, that like sat really deep. I was like, dude, like for like resurrection technically a real thing. Like if I can wake up tomorrow after I go to sleep today 
and I purposely feel revivified. Like I feel like I have more life tomorrow than maybe not in the format of like, oh my God, I was dead, buried in the ground. Everybody knows I'm dead. Right. Now I'm alive again, that level on a, on, a, on a microscopic level. We're experiencing a level of revivification or the, a resurrection of sorts. And you can lean into this shit and like be a totally different person. You know, right? Like the when hypnotizing think, yourself to sleep, so powerful, like so powerful. <laughs> like, do and I know. So I know you can. I, you've had a lot of practices through your life, so it's not things you still engage in regular need to probably. But um, would you recommend? Is like good, I know we've talked about certain anchors and shit, but would you also recommend like binaural beats and things like that? Do you find that's really helpful for average the common person? I definitely. I mean, like I like them, but this is a space where anytime that I'm talking to anybody about using them, I tell them really like to follow their heart with them. Like, if you're yeah. using a specific frequency and it's not making you feel better, like you're not experiencing a positive benefit from it, then yeah. it's probably not the right one. If it feels negative, it's definitely not the right one for so, you. Like I, well, whatever it is funny, right now, something about it. It's funny. It's funny. I know why you say that, and it's smart to say. It's important to say it. One, it gives. It gives liability coverage. Like, okay, look, I'm going to teach you how to use tools. You got to use them. You're responsible for them. You got to know yourself, know your limits, right? Same thing with entheogens or, you know, help people through stuff. But then, then it's like, it's a place where, for example, I, one of the frequencies I found at one point was anti-parasites, right? Sure. And it went through, I mean, the different place I found, I read, you know, enough about it that it just made sense to me. Uh, I knew it was scientifically understanding. So I, t I listened to it, man, and I could feel it was painful in my neurology but why and a lot of parasites are in our gut, which has 400 plus million neurons. I could feel the difference internally. It wasn't me that was in sure. pain or dis discomfort. It was something inside of me that did not like that. But sure. here's what's fascinating about neurons, even in your gut. So we have, uh, they release their chemicals. So they want their own food or candida, for example, and they climbs up your throat at night and can create that white thrush in your tongue. It's actually candida mm. and parasites and things actually prepping your taste buds for what they want to eat. So like tongue scraping is such a good practice. I've done that for yeah, a few years Yeah, they're now. normalizing their food source on, on the palate. Like, that's that's pretty clever. But it, no that's... doubt, man. It's a, little, it's a little terrifying. Like, when I first learned that, I'm just like, oh, and I went and saw my tongue the next day. One day, it just happened to be bad because I was eating a lot of sugar and shit for a while. And, like, I just, like, it's that super sobering feeling. It's in my body. Like, it's not like I can get away from it at all. But you, yeah. have, to, you have to deal with this reality of what's going on. Well, they're your friends, man. to you. You right, got so, so many they, organisms inside you, man. Like, that's well, another so, thing that I think is funny. People think they're a human, and a human's made up of, like, this huge architecture of all these, like, crazy parasites, funguses, bacterias, like, even, like, massive. what you were talking about with, like, proteins right, and right. shit. Like, on that level, even there, they're, like, little workers. They got their own little lives going on and shit like that. Like, are you really actually a human, or are you, like, some weird walking environment then, for some whole biosphere? Like, what the fuck then, is really going on? Then you find out that science says, I mean, it's true, that less per, less than, I think, out of all the cells in our body, including all that, the additional eco ecosystem and stuff that's in there that we just mentioned, that only, I think it's 0.1 or 0.01% of all the cells in your body even have your DNA. Think about that shit. Yeah, that's just too like, weird, right? Like you, you right. are this person because of your DNA. But by the way, most of your cells aren't that. Like what? Right. So I think Sam we have said, a misunderstanding about stuff. So I well, okay, I agree. So Sam said it was the parasites plugged in, screaming no, which is true. Yeah. So what? Why change my oh, perspective on? So, like, um, 
I went from, and I think it's Dr. Oh, why have I forgot his name now? Here's, here's the problem with like get, getting tons of information, saturating it in a way that like really helps me in my paradigms and interconnect things. And then I move on. I start to lose the, I mean, I used to be able to quote the Bible, like pretty much front and back. Right. I have a hard time okay. remembering verse references and stuff. Anyway. So Dr. Uh, this guy's out in Hawaii. Um, but he talks about terrain, terrain modification versus attacking parasites. And he's done all that. Now he helps people heal their body fasting. He has people out there for three week plus fast and other stuff he does. And a lot of body work. He's a chiropractor. And, um, anyway, he's got a lot of good, incredible Dr. Robert Kassar. That's who it is. Robert Kassar. And he's got earth, earth Academy, whatever they have products they sell and stuff that I buy a lot of supplements and stuff from them and whatever. But, um, but he talks about, uh, Train modification. So you're changing your diet, your lifestyle, your energy, your frequency, your intentions. You're engaging harmonic. You're trying to find symbiosis with them and not just kill them off. So you change. You change your habits. Then the negative dynamic they will die off and go out naturally through your bowels and just eating. You know, having regular right. bowel moves and things. So you don't have to go to war with them. Now you can. I still do bowel right, cleanses yeah. and things, but it, it depends on the time and what I'm going for. But I did change. I started incorporating into my meditations and visualizations and things actually removing the parasites and that's some really profound dynamics and cleansing them through this like golden light at that time and bringing them into harmony if they chose like there's i feel like there's a free will choice there bringing them into harmony with um something Technical that was symbiotic for something that was uh, symbiotic with my system and so i um would then put it back into my system, but now it's in symbiosis. So, and I've done the same thing too, man. I've done with McDonald's and stuff. Sometimes it's just like, look, man, I've still got emotional connections to food that I haven't fully dealt with yet. I'm definitely going to be eating shade today. So I'm going to make sure internally, my internal disposition, there's no shame. There's no guilt. There's no bullshit. I'm fucking enjoying it because I'm transmuting that food yeah. into something positive for my body as I eat it. And eventually I would like to eat healthier and I'm pursuing that. But where I'm at now, I'm fully embracing it while transmuting it at the same time because I'm being intentional with what I'm doing yeah. now where I'm at. It's interesting you bring this up. Like my whole approach to medicine is actually completely based off of terrain theory functionally. But like German New Medicine, which is a, a format of medicine of actually the guy who developed terrain theory as opposed to German yeah. theory. He developed German New Medicine. And the whole idea is that there is like this psyche, mind, body architecture. And it's really yeah. like everything starts in the psyche. And then the mind interpolates it and creates a bodily reaction. And like it, it actually, you don't even need to do anything with the body. Actually, you can work completely right. with the psyche and Absolutely. move so, through that. Have you seen the works? Shoot. Eventually when I get, did my sister's help me set up my place, which is awesome. I paying her to help set up. She's been great. She's been the perfect. I've had, I think my mom came over to help me once. Like, it seems like I may be set up. I'm tucked in a corner of my room and this is fine, but the rest of it's a disaster right now. And it has been for a long time, but like, it's just one studio with a loft and whatever. <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, I'm going to be getting this. We'll be able to get this stuff pretty organized in the next week or two. And the, a few other pieces of furniture I come in, but I got this. I got a couple books on what you're say, saying. Um, oh, shut the fuck up! I think it's right here. It's like what are the odds? I got just random books here. I've got more than half elsewhere. Yeah, it's right here, right on. <laughs> All right. So this is one of them. So it's the Recall Healing. Okay. Pyramid of Health, Psyche, Autonomic Brain, Body, and then he's got another book. Um, yeah. They go. It's more like That's, a glossary, an index, where he goes through symptoms and they trace it back to through all the different psychological dynamics they've done, tracing it back to like 
issues with the mother or like but more specific really nuanced shit like going on because and they yeah. do this so they go through these affirmation guided meditation statements to release those traumas in your psyche and the healing yeah. happens all the time so i basically I have a book like that memorized that i learned just through yeah. experience just yes. understood like be, heard the function yeah. of german new medicine and just yeah, yeah, watched yeah. it like my whole life but it's yeah, it's man. shockingly accurate like shockingly yeah, no accurate. Dude, so I so I learned that in the Christian paradigm. There's some Christian dynamics that are really engaging more of the soberly because they don't believe in psychedelics a lot of them or whatever. But massive interdimensional experiences and learning new ways of doing things, incorporating essential oils, is understanding frequencies, understanding all that. It's just within that paradigm and framework. Um, but so when see, I go even a little a, a layer farther, like it, it, these anything that's not just literally like a psychic way of dealing with it it's actually like i don't think it's necessary you know like okay, essential so you, oils you, these kinds of stuff like not even actually necessary in principle but I'll, at the same time i imagine you also see the value in um being able to work the site work that spectrum from both ends of the both ends so the somatic release for example certain positions people start crying so it's they don't interesting. Have like in a certain way i understand where you're I, I understand where you're coming from yeah. on a certain dimensionality i do agree on another dimensionality really as far as like psyche stuff i was my training comes from people who are like heavily involved with the monroe institute yeah, yeah. The, the yeah. upper levels of the work with the Monroe Institute. No, none of it matters. As long as you can put all of your focus on it, you're good. Yeah. If you need to do a lot of rituals to focus on yeah. it, and that looks like essential oils, and I'm doing this, that, and the third, and it's all this stuff, and that's what you need to put your focus on it, then like, yeah, okay, more power to you. That's what you need to do. But if no, you've okay, trained totally. yourself, and you can just okay. put all your focus on it, not necessary. Okay, so and now that being said, and I agree in principle, and I, I feel like I can do that maybe in, in certain ways better than others. Like, again, like you're prepping and putting some context around eating the fast food and like, you know, knowing some people might take offense to that perspective. So I, so I understand but literally believing for or changing my psyche enough to break through paradigms for urine therapy, for example, which I brought up the other night. So being able to find enough placebo belief catalysts, if you will or enough essential oils or whatever. To me, that was science, that was history, that was documentation, things that showed me that, oh, this thing is a real thing that has stem cells that can heal any part of your body and it has structured water nutrients that are 100% bioavailable. It's literally what your body couldn't process at that time. It's the best thing you could do. It's a multi-billion dollar industry in China where they take the urine and sell it for the highest level facial products and beauty products in the world because of the stem cells, right? Here we so, are throwing it away every day. Right. Well, they know, they know, whoever they are, right? The nefarious, whoever, like whoever, I mean, it's like somebody, I don't even want to get in the details and dynamics. I've researched so much stuff. It doesn't matter. There are nefarious things, just follow the money, whatever. There's a good example, right? So they yeah, know you the want to talk of, about conspiracy theories. You need three words, follow the money. Okay. Next topic. Totally. <laughs> it's very simple, very simple Absolutely, world. Follow the money. Man. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, oh my God, um, are they going to give us vaccines? I don't know. Guy in guy in office owns not a vaccine. I'm going to go with probably not. Yeah, and, <laughs> yes. uh, and also, you know, the stuff Bill Gates Bill Gates doesn't even vaccinate his own children. You know, and if you hear, actually, it was really that. interesting. The David Ike interview uh, on uh, on London Real, um, which got banned by YouTube. But in part of that interview, he talks about his, the vaccination dynamic, but he said his sons, they're, I think, are 40-ish now, but they were never vaccinated. They were healthier than all the other kids. They never got the flu. They never got the all those other things. They got, you know, um, 
Uh, I don't know if they got the measles or any of that stuff, you know, early on or uh, that shit, but their whole life, the point is they've been a lot healthier, no allergies, no just stuff that their kid, all their friends grew yeah. up with. And most societies grown up with is normal now in a generation or two, by the way, I don't want to dive down that topic, but yeah, it's really, it's just, it's yeah, interesting. I, I got, a, I got a really basic vaccination and basically for the most part, I haven't been to a doctor since I was three healthy as an ox. <laughs> so. What was the last thing you said? Healthy as an ox. No yeah, problem. I, I never get the that. flu. I don't get fucking colds. I My immune system is the strongest one in the group all the time. All the time. It's never not been that. And I hung around dudes. Like I'm, well, I lived in my car for years just climbing. I, I lived with dudes that just lived outside as well. Nope. Still, even, even higher. It has nothing to do right. with that at all. Like, I don't know. I'm such a firm believer in the whole psyche thing. Like, if you cleanse your psychic realm, yeah. your life gets so much better physiologically. Like, okay, you, so I, uh, I, I totally have people agree. that I've worked with that lose this tons of weight. Like, it's yeah. the best weight loss technique. Deal with your psychic trauma. <laughs> that's the best weight no loss doubt. technique. There's nothing that actually comes close to it because it will go off at a rate that you can't imagine. And you could actually do the wrong things during that as far as like what you say for your body. And it will still come yeah. off anyways. It doesn't matter. It will still go away anyways. Like, and yeah. it's weird. Like this, this sounds judgmental, but like, I don't really care. Fat people, a lot of psychic trauma. It's true. Right. Sorry. Sorry right. to it. And it's like, no. I'm too skinny. That's also psychic trauma. I know. So before, if you want, if you want to troll on it, I know I got it too. But like, and there's both sides right. of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But like, overweight people you I mean, you can map all this shit through just watching a person's body you can watch a person walk down the street and you can figure out what their entire psychological landscape is by never even talking to them it's all apparent in the physiology you just have to right. take time making the correlation which really honestly is going to take you a long time probably but <laughs> unless you're born here just wanting knowledge and to learn and paying attention to data communication because i understand that feel bro yeah you just keep watching and then eventually yeah, you yeah. have some understanding. Well, okay, you said you said something really really important there though, which is hard for certain people to do: watching and making correlations, overlapping mm -hmm. spheres, right? So being free sure. association—that's what that's what Einstein did. That's all the genius did. It's free association, right? You yeah. think he did the equation of relatively a, a man and a bicycle traveling at the speed of light? It's irrational. Doesn't make sense. It's free association with concepts and ideas, and then you mm -hmm. find correlations that other people may not find because intuitively. And also, I guess, logically, you're letting go of enough logic to allow yourself to overlap spheres, even if a dot isn't apparent, there isn't an apparent dot to dot connection, which is probably yeah. the logic's primary problem, not able to make yeah. that leap. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, if you always have to make a logical connection, you don't really learn as much out of anything in my totally. experience. In my Absolutely. experience. Dude, I feel like it always ultimately limits. You have to, on some level, go with this. When I tell people, because I, I know just like way too much about way too much, and I've been refining that down to just be more present, like, all right, that's all old world stuff in a sense. I've got enough of my own base construct awareness of how I operate and exist in this world and how, the frameworks within which to continue growing and dealing with more of my issues or different dynamics. And, um, um, <clears throat> Oh, shoot. I was pulling to my chart to see if it helped pull my rabbit trail back. So, <laughs> um, shoot, what was it saying? 
Uh, well, I actually I was reading this this comment in here, and it's in it's. I mean, it's just another example. Like, there's so many stories out there of people who have gotten through so much trauma and like literally like healed their entire life, and it's, it has nothing to do with like <laughs> the things people normally think it has anything to do with. It's crazy. Right. Like, I'm not able to say by law that I'm able to give medical advice, but I don't, I mean, the people that I usually end up working with, they don't really need to look too far for medical advice. Cause we're like, Oh, well, it's totally like this trauma coming up. And they're like, Oh shit, you're right. It's like, that totally makes sense. Like it right. makes sense right away. What more do you need? You know what I mean? Like it makes sense. Right. It's, it's directly connected. Yeah. You know, I have an injury with my left foot right now. And I know exactly why I have that injury with my left foot. You know what I mean? Like, it's I have stuff in my past that I'm like staying rooted into and I wasn't really willing to take that step forward yet. And yeah. the way that I was engaging with the things that I was doing in my life right then, like I had the opportunity to be like working and going towards the thing that I wanted to do. But instead in this specific situation, I was screwing around playing basketball and like next thing I know, like just being totally normal, like my foot basically like explodes. Right. Weird, yeah. right? But like, I know why it happens. You know, no, you know, it's energy interesting. and oh. transmuting plastic. So I mean, like, that's really what I'm saying. I mean, like, we somebody that I know says like we stuff our issues into our tissues. You know, it's an energy that holds inside of us. When we yeah. transmute yeah. that energy out of ourselves, then we no longer have to store it in that mode, that modality totally. anymore. Are you are you familiar with ab reactions or the term? At least oh, you might okay. be familiar with the experience. So it's when, um, <clears throat> which is uh, interesting that AB or AB reaction, but it's so uh, a common example or good example is when someone who, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, was was strangled as a child and sexually abused and strangled or some example, and they're going back through uh, uh, just even a, a talk session or whatever, and that memory is resurfacing. The, the actual fingerprint marks will show back up on the neck. It's an AB reaction mm -hmm. that happens in different places in the body or pain in the body, right? Being able to sense pain sure. in the body when certain topics come up in the psyche or dynamics, which I'm sure you've had. So I guess, I guess you probably have an, uh, that's probably a common experience, right? So people have pain in their body on certain subjects or dynamics, you know? Yeah. I mean, like if you know a person's psychology, you can know where they're going to get hurt. Right. Or where they were hurt, being able to reverse engineer that. And then that's what I was going to say. So it's interesting to be able to also work from the, the specifically from the logical or the physiological aspect without the psyche involved in the ways that works. For example, um, the, uh, this, if this is a technology we're embodying and, and we talked about this based on my understanding of things, if we're, there's way, lots of vehicles to have experiences in the one I'm in primarily right now in my conscious hours of the day is Aaron Michael Kessler in the most advanced skin suit in the universe. And it's a Ferrari that's got all these buttons and switches all inside of it that I've just been told my whole life don't exist or aren't real or you can't touch them or they don't do anything. And, and here's, it's interesting. I think because of the way time has changed the expression of time and different transitions in universe and astrological dynamics and all those things, our epigenetic expression has changed. So buttons we did try before when we were younger, didn't work. They will now, well, you know, I think there's things like that internally inside of us, our own internal sure. stillness, I keep it, but also internally exploring the vessel within which we reside. So mm -hmm. when, people fast there's a guy another youtube channel he has people out to fast his place for weeks at a time he does tons of videos on nutrition it's just his life experience but he does a lot of fasting and when he he uh, got in a motorcycle accident and his hand was completely the sinews were shredded and all this other thing they said at best you know you'll be able to maybe grab something 
but your hands like lost functionality forever. And that's after they wanted to do all these surgeries and all this other stuff. That's probably gonna be like dozens of surgeries over time and whatever. So instead he didn't do any of that. He just didn't, he didn't eat again until his hand was significantly better. He fasted for like six weeks and his hand was completely healed. Like the doctor's like, Oh, this is amazing. We've never seen, you know, this, this go back so fast, like all that stuff, you know, but he, that's, he has his own experience with that, that, to me, like it makes it just makes sense again as these bodies as a system, a process, a technology that we just we don't know enough about. And and it's not like you have to be a doctor. People just they limit themselves from discovering it for themselves because oh well, I'd have to be a doctor. I've spent eight years in medical school. Dude, most doctors, when it comes to nutrition and ways the body really works, are idiots. Right? They know how to yeah. write prescriptions and they genuinely care about people. Fair enough. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying they're stupid in IQs. They're idiots when it comes to how the body actually works on so many levels because they don't overlap disciplines. And GPs, I think, are so often spread so thin, there's not enough connection to specifics. And I'm not crapping on the whole industry. It's it's, A lot of it, they're the product of what they were taught. You learn how the whole AMA was created through the whole Rothschild-funded dynamic to get rid of the naturopaths and get rid of natural medicine. I mean, we understand the framework behind it. That's more what I'm talking about. It's what they've been ingrained with. You see the way they shit on gerson therapy and all these other things that work they talk about it being fraud science and all this other stuff and it's deeply incredibly scientifically documented they just blacklist people yeah. so anyway so that's kind of what just to put a context to all that <laughs> and why why is that even ha- like i don't i it's just so baffling to me is that there's even like a group of people that be like oh we got to kill out the naturopathy like i understand you want money like that i get it and everything you know Right. Like you want money, but like, really? Like you, you're going to go like that far. That's the part that's really just baffling to me is the lengths to which some people are willing to go. And I'm not talking the guy that's willing to like scam a dude out of a dollar or, you know, right. skip the sketch out on the contract or something like that. I'm talking about people who act like established large, like systems that become like the overarching authoritarian structure for so, something. And then we so me, like, that's crazy. Let me ask you something. So, and you're, you're based on that too. So continue to think about it, think hard, thinking harder about it and what you know and have experienced in life and whatever, what could possibly influence a person or a family bloodlines of people to perpetuate such a horrendous, those types of systems they've just transmuted in different ways over time besides money yeah because you said even just for money like to create those systems that would slaughter well people, it seems kill ridiculous people. for money but a right. lot of things like i've watched people do a lot of stuff that i was like wow it's ridiculous you're doing that for money and then there is a layer beyond that like resources are much more important than money if you ever get enough money in your life you'll learn that you know the money ain't really that thing it's like really more the resources so, and then beyond that, it's not really about resources, it's kind of about energy. You know what I mean? So yeah. you can, and just using that layer alone, and then you can pick those apart however you want. You know, the energy thing could be the reason why they try to control some kind of spirituality, or it could be any number of other things. You know what I mean? But there's yeah. all kinds of different ways where these different areas, somebody's trying to get something from there. You know what I mean? There, there's always... On, on any dimensionality, there's a reason why a thing could have an agenda, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it could have an agenda. And, but I think that's kind of your basic progression. You know, it's like, it's money. And then they're worried about resources, but then that resource gets kind of pretty damn specific because money is a resource. You know what I mean? Yeah. And energy is a resource is money, but like it, it just gets more abstract, you know? And at a certain okay. layer, then it's really more about the energy. Okay, on a, on a 3D level, so we I think we talked about 
have we talked about so are you familiar with the federal reserve owning our currents printing our currency and the whole that whole dynamic of follow the money the world world bank sure, yes. system and all that yeah. okay did you have did we talk about how trump incorporated in the stimulus bill he incorporated the federal reserve into the treasury yeah well i don't know whether we i mean we've talked about that before i'm familiar with it that he did this okay okay so if we so all right so you're familiar with that i don't think a lot of people are and if they do i don't think they understand the implications right sure. so the, the federal reserve being my understanding and correct me in the nuances here them being private a privately owned they're just called the federal reserve they're a privately owned company that has printed our money and controlled our money in the one world currency the standard that we exist which is usd for now but the um and they sell it to our government at interest. So our currency and our wallet isn't even our government printed currency. Who should be printing our own money for our citizens for free, right. or at least on our taxes? We have to pay a private company interest to buy our money, right? So that's been outside controlling and financing both sides of wars. And there's other dynamics too, but that's the whole system. Like in in whatever, it's in a lot of movies, man. It's real stuff. It's not just dramatized. Sure. But so that's finally been incorporated inside of our government. They're the ones who set the interest rates on mortgages. They control the market. So what do you think, and correct me anything if I said something there, it's off, but uh, what do you think the implications are of that going forward? What that's going to look like? I mean, I don't think I understand the agenda of the people in office right now clear enough to like really know that. You know what I mean? I think yeah, but the... The movement of the past always seemed to be moving towards more like one world order thing. And you could, there's ways you could abstract it, but it is a play towards a one world currency. But like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, the Fed, like you were saying, is, is in a way a play towards a one world currency in and of itself. Right. Yeah. So, so do you think, do you think things are going to go to di digital currency? I think that at least a certain segment of people would really like that. Yeah. I think a certain other segment of people would like us to go back to using literally pieces of gold. You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I think yeah. on both sides, if you want digital currency has more convenience, but more room for foul play. You know what I mean? Yeah. So people who are going to are on the side of convenience, they probably want these digital currencies. It's easy. You know what I mean? Yeah. But people who want their money to actually be worth something rather than be worth what other people are willing to give you for it. Yeah. They, you know, they probably want to go the opposite way of that. Both of them work regardless. At the end of the day, technically, we live on an abundant planet where we don't even need this stuff. Like if everybody was willing to just like, right. Well, work with everybody Exchange else. There's not actually yeah. any reason for that. You know, like one dude doesn't need like, three yachts with two helicopters that, you know, like he has a staff of 25 dudes to boat him around the Mediterranean. Like you don't need that shit. Like that's cool yeah. and shit, but like, you don't need that shit. Like, come on, you know? And I'm not like, I'm not jealous. Like if, if I had billions and billions of dollars, you wouldn't catch me in a fucking yacht and helicopters and shit. It's like, I wouldn't have it. I wouldn't have, it doesn't, it doesn't wash with me. I have no idea right. why anybody would even actually want that. Like, Oh, it's lavish and shit. And so, but da, 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 like maybe like doing it once or something, but like, and yeah. I just don't, and I understand like maybe it's like that was your thing, but the people I'm talking about, that's not their thing. Their thing yeah. is like running huge businesses and merging giant corporations. And that's how they got like enough money to do that. That's not their thing. That's a thing they do. You know yes, what I mean? Totally. Absolutely. And like, so do you, do you, I, I just don't understand why a thing that a person does 
like how is it a logical system that a thing that a, a single thing that a person does is like I buy a, a huge boat, right? Like a huge boat. Yeah. That costs more money than like another person on the planet will make in like their lifetime. Mm. For instance, like I just, it, 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 there's no, I, I just don't understand how this is in any way ever going to be like a balanced system with like that concept in mind. Yeah. It seems yeah, pur- yeah, yeah. purposefully rigged to be fucking broken. Like, it's intrinsically right. flawed if people want to do shit like that. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and it's funny because I, I agree totally. And that, to me, is where people don't know what they don't know. The system's broken. Like, my parents, I, for right. example, my stepdad and my mom, they own, a big, they own a really nice big boat that they've had. That's been his thing. He grew up on the water. He built a business from the ground. He's very conservative, very Republican, very, you know, and, and rightly so in his own experiences and his own hard work. And, you know, start a business from scratch, a business that I'm working for that's done very, very well. And, like, he loves the water. It's his thing. And that, to him, that's more than just a thing. Like, it's a thing. But he's always, but I get what you're saying at a core level, just that the culture is so fucked up that that's even, like, a normal option for people on some level. It's a thing that, like, in many ways, like, and it doesn't have to be specifically the boat, but we're talking about, like, the lavish desire. Call it a lavish desire rather than a boat. Like, Especially in America, I understand we come from privileged land. I'm kind of opining on like, why is there a fucking privileged land? <laughs> like, America's right. not better than the people of another place. That part of the earth is not worse than America. Like, why is there a privileged situation? It doesn't really make any oh, sense like, to me. So like, like I understand yeah. why it's become that way. I've spent a lot of time looking at that because I've asked this question forever, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Right. And I like um, the paradigm uh, that fits with me that I that I use the terminology of that we're bringing the Hopi <laughs> fifth world of peace mm-hmm. that uh, the rainbow children, that whole dynamic. I mean, all that makes sense, makes sense with the other the thousand year reign of Christ and all that other stuff, too. But um, in that dynamic, what that looks like practically to me, it seems the the finding your tribe, right, finding your your community and building sure. a community, whatever it looks like. I mean, yeah, for some people, it could start with your friends in your neighborhood and that stuff. But a lot of us, you know, it's probably not your neighbors, you know, that your, com- your real community where your heart finds a resonance, where your find- heart finds rest, whatever that means to you. You know, yeah. some level of, like, just connection, whether it's digitally through groups, that's what's, what's great. It's part of what we're building here organically, just through holding, having some kind of space to have these conversations. And whoever comes, comes, and attracts, attracts, and those things happen in, in those ways. Um, but as we begin to do that on the earth, whatever that looks like, getting those communities more and more away from the global systems, there'll be, I, I mean, I'm, it'll, it's be a process of transition. I mean, it's going to be hundreds of years. The texts talk about there'd be hundreds of years of transition. That's why it's not a thousand years from the get go. Everything's awesome. You know, and that's, I mean, sure. like the world's in chaos, world war three, the apocalypse, but people's paradigms and perspectives are so off. It literally is going to take several generations. I think, what was it Niels Bohr or, I think it might have been Niels Bohr. He said, there's a quote, something to the effect of um, basically the only way to teach a new gen- the only way, the only time a new paradigm, a world changing or ma- major belief changing paradigm actually comes into play or is, is accepted as truth is once the, the existing generation finally dies off because it yeah, can be so hard a, a, to accept. I don't remember who came up with that, but there is that idea like, um, 
Well, if you if you look into kind of like the the truth about Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, things like this, there's a, there's a real good good reason for Japan to like accept that what happened there was what actually kind of really went down there when really kind of like that actually wasn't what went down there. Japan didn't surrender because of atomic bombs. That's kind of the short uh -huh. and simple of that one. But yep. a lot of this, like, if you explore that, this comes into play a lot. The idea that you need to basically wait until a whole generation goes away in order to properly, like, scrub some kind of information like that. Because the yeah. people, the people, okay, if you want to remove a person from history, the person who you want to remove from history, you can't try to start removing them from history until everybody that could have possibly known them is gone. Right. And then right. you can start. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting because that's also like some, some of the other practices I do, supplemental practices, um, is turpentine and sugar cubes. Have you heard about that? I haven't heard about someone using that. So turpentine is pure pine spirits, pure pine distilled pine spirits, and you can actually get it from Home Depot. You just have to verify. I think Dr. Jennifer Daniels, I think is her name. Uh -huh. um, she's a doctor, and she uh, realized through her own practice that eating, she was eating a whole, I don't know, the whole foods diet or whole vegan diet, or I don't know, whatever. But it changed, uh -huh. like cured tons of her issues, so she started recommending it to clients. And so it was give it was um and she would give it to them with the option of you know here's the prescription I'm supposed to recommend to you you know that that this can help with these symptoms and whatever but I found if you can um you know this diet it seems will likely resolve the issue whatever so more and more patients were healing themselves basically changing their diets and whatever and the pharmaceutical companies came to them and said you know because they they saw that she her pharmaceutical sales were down from year to year or over the course of that next year and uh, two years whatever. Uh -huh. and she and she explained to them what it was like i've been giving them the option because legally legally how fucked up is this legally she's obligated to give them certain prescriptions when they have certain symptoms or through the yeah. whole insurance dynamic like that's so fucked i but have like, an uncle that was like a he was a general practitioner and you know doctorate all, he, he, he's a doctor and yeah. nevertheless like he spent a lot of time talking to me about like this prescription kind of shit so like that. It's, it's so fucking baffling to me to hear that from some guy like he was the guy who worked like that for a period of time you know what i mean and then he no even kidding. like worked up being like medical director at hospitals and shit and seeing even that like the you know, he was the guy that the pharmaceutical rep came and talked to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, tell, so give me some stories then. What's coming to mind? Like about the what's the what really happens in that industry. It's nice to hear firsthand stories. Well, I mean, really, the whole thing about it is that the really the point where I quit caring. I guess I like when you say that. I'm like, well, I don't have like some crazy stories to tell about it. Just that it's it's incredible how much specific things are getting pushed just because there's like kickback around that and because there's some type of well the, the hospital is owned by this company and this company has decided to go with these specific people so like you're going to see these reps and they're all going to come in but like you're not actually even making a choice like these are the ones that we're going with and then they, they push these specific things and there's it's just how can you possibly believe that there's a situation going on where like yes this doctor's diagnosis of my child having ADHD is completely legit when he's getting paid to prescribe Adderall. Well, like, like, and then he's told like that. that 
they're told that like this is the official medical literature even when they're doing their own research that's the problem we see how slanted the studies are when they do their own research even that it makes sense to them that these drugs are effective in these ways so they actually believe they're giving them beneficial drugs i don't believe doctors are doing this maliciously all of them obviously there's some that have been proven to get know they're getting kickbacks and they do it for that reason they don't give a fuck like that sure. that happens also but it's a spectrum but it is it is it fair to us to be like some of the people okay a doctor right like this is the height yeah. of knowledge we go back to the thing where we actually like start earlier this is so perfect because i do actually need to go and get to sleep earlier tonight right well, after this yeah but standards again is it acceptable as a culture that the standards of our doctors or something like that, someone who practices the high arts would be like that ignorant that they wouldn't know like this shit, this doesn't actually fucking work. Like, come on, you know, like I don't think that that is an acceptable excuse. I feel better with the guy being in the seat that's taking the kickback. At least he knows what to do. That's like good for himself. You know, he's like, ah, I fucking make more money for this. Like, all right, I'll do that. That says nothing about his intelligence. That isn't positive. Technically the person that goes like, I have a fucking doctorate from some school. I went, I spent like 200, $300,000 on getting this degree. And I was supposed to go to school for eight, 12 years. What the fuck ever. And like, I can't, I now, now I'm playing some, like the ignorance card. Right. Like, right. oh, well, I didn't know. Like, you're the person in culture that, like, needs to know shit, that needs to, like, did set you know, the bar for common sense. Did you know, you know? that only, only in the United States and New Zealand is it legal for pharmaceutical companies to market directly to the consumer? Only that, in those two countries in the world. The only thing that surprises me about that is that, like, New Zealand is, but Australia isn't. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like, in Australia, man, it's like we think America's bad with some of this Big Brother shit and whatever. Man, Australia's shit. been the testing ground for a long time, man. <laughs> like, Australia started out as a prison colony when the Western I know world it. moved into it anyways, so I don't what, think it ever Western actually history? changed. It Did turned you know, into a, a better format. Of dude, there's this, um, this, uh, I got this book right here. I'm glad that just happened to be handy. Oh, it's funny. I also have, because uh, I haven't dove into it yet, but I know you were talking about Born, but Joseph Campbell and the, uh, um, uh, are your cameras Everything off? Are your cameras off, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm walking around and shit. Everything oh, that funny. I've ever read of Joseph Campbell, which isn't a lot, has been uh-huh. great, but I've hardly read anything. It's so weird. Like, that's definitely one yeah, of those yeah. writers that if I was reading more books, I'd be reading more Joseph Campbell for sure. Okay, so there's this one, though. So can you see the screen, though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so shunned. Strong shunned. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a really good podcast. He's done a great job for like ten years. He's probably the best interviewer, one of the best interviewers that I've I've ever heard. And he just has developed it on his own in his bedroom. Now he's running all this thing. But it's Higher Side Chats with Greg Carlson. Sure. Okay. Have you have you have you ever heard his stuff? I don't think I've seen any of them. No. Dude, so I, I've been I've had a paid prescription for him for several years um, because he does a really good job. He'll edit his two hour, two to three hour shows with his, the guests down to an hour for YouTube or for the free version, and then he does the extended version with, with a paid subscription. I think it's eight dollars a month or twenty five dollars a quarter. Or I don't know something, but like, mm-hmm. um, which is it's fine. They're so well done. He's like five a month. And he, he's such a good interviewer, and he does the best introductions I've ever heard. He, he really reads the person's material. If they do a lot of online interviews, he watches a lot of them. Like, he knows the person really well. He's like, anyway, so <laughs> I just pl- I'll plug that because I love plugging people who do, are doing a good job, man. Um, but this he interviewed th- this guy in a show. 
this guy was, I believe, a professor at one of the Australian universities, found out it was all bullshit, basically, and started to teach the original truths. And he got uh, expelled from university for teaching not that their history, all the bullshit like that. So he began to work with the aboriginal tribes. And this this goes into like 10 proofs that 10 things alone, which should make us re-question what we know is our 6,000 year history and just what we're told about a lot of things. Yeah. So like the DNA doesn't trace back to the Adam and Eve DNA. Does It's not part there's of the, the Aborigines. They have structures there that are clearly at least like 40,000 years old based on all the testing. They just won't release to the public and whatever. Um, they've been out there and tested all that. They've got all these different dynamics. And they talk about 50,000 years ago, as they traced their city, the, the Aborigines, that they lived in crystal cities and technology was water and crystals, which is interesting. So we're talking about that too. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a weird situation. And I think like the, the really weird overlay given like the current state of the world is that if you take the time to dig into world history, like there's been so many cultures that have been just utterly disrupted by something else moving in on them. And then we experience kind of like a time right now where like the way of life that we want to live suffering a bunch of disruptment. And it's like, you can't let this happen. Like, you, you, you know, they killed off like a whole like whole tribes and continents of people and like just huge swaths. Not necessarily they, the same people that are around right now, but people who move the same way. And yeah. if the if it looks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, like it's probably a fucking duck, guys. So like, so would you call that a cultural meme? In a certain the way. Same way, yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is. You know, it's it's still it's this thing with it has too much power, and when it has too much power, it does things that are totally despicable. You are you I mean? familiar with the the monkey banana experiment where? Um, they put monkeys in uh, a cage and they put a banana up hanging from the ceiling and they put a ladder going up so you can grab the banana. Uh-huh. But anytime he'd go up and grab the banana, they'd fire hose them down. And they wouldn't just fire hose down the one that did it. It fire hose. Why all do we them. test things like this? Like it's a poor monkey, dude. Like what the I fuck? I, I know it's funny because the era we live in, it's like I have to dissociate from the, the horror of the relevant studies that we have because they reveal our own psyche. But it's like, yeah, it's, it's so fucked up, man. It's so bad. Like, My mom was super against like animal testing and shit when I was oh, younger. Right. Like I was getting taken to like PETA rallies and shit when I was younger. <laughs> like blood on people, you throwing blood on people. No, I never <laughs> went that hard. I kind of wished we went that hard at times, or, but or we never pain, did. I guess you wouldn't want to hurt a, an animal, but like, yeah, um, yeah. So like, uh, um, so it's really it was monkey, a monkey then, experiment. Yeah, and so eventually everyone in there, though, anytime would go for the banana, the, the other monkeys would tear and claw at them. They wouldn't, they, you know, so nobody would want to go for the banana because nobody would want to get sprayed or everybody get sprayed. And then they would pull the monkeys one by one until no, none of the monkeys in the kennel had been, uh, had been sprayed at all. Yet if any monkey tried to go up the ladder, they would claw them and pull them back down. Wow. Like it just, it just passed along the activity of pulling them down from the ladder. Right. Well, just the, uh, and so, yeah, and if you put this metaphorically into cultural trauma, keeping us restricted into only believing what we're told to believe, what's out there, they're like, well, the doctors I'm, know best, you know. Honestly, like, I'm going to go meditate on that in a certain All right. way. Because like I've yeah. thought about in ways how like, you know, well, a lot of the ways that some people are acting at this time, they're like policing, the, the, the citizens are p- trying to police themselves in certain ways. And like, yeah. it's one thing for me to have been, I've thought about it from like, that's the same thing that happened in say like the Nazi regime, but that doesn't work very good for me because I have like, there's, 
certain ways where I've kind of like collapsed that part of world, the world where like, I don't see the Nazis the same way as the other way, but I do have this like emotional polarization about the monkeys. So to like dive into the idea that like at this point in time, I think we've had so many free thinkers knocked down going after the banana, the metaphorical banana that now we actually have a bunch of people who try to tear down the monkey that goes after the banana, regardless of whether anything is going to happen there. And I think that's, just ridiculous and i would like to go out on that and it's three hours 33 minutes and 33 seconds since we started when i said that so now i'm definitely leaving <laughs> <laughs> all right man hey sleep well we're doing this every day i'll do it you go do your yep. thing i'll do a little closing eight thing o'clock we'll if you if you watch tomorrow. this far tomorrow we shoot to start at eight o'clock if it doesn't happen just wait longer you know just wait yeah. longer <laughs> we'll be there right. we'll put it in social media <laughs> yeah all right. cool all right man craig Sleep it's well. good to see you thanks for dropping your comment I, yeah agree with you entirely so we'll see you guys around see you next time good talking to you Aaron. we'll see you later all right yeah love you zach love you too goodbye bye all right wow big screen okay so yeah, Craig, absolute history is filled with cultures uh, being overthrown and the knowledge of that age being lost. Yeah, there's so much. Um, Owen Willis said, love, love, love. Or, well, he'll get that tomorrow. Um, there's so much, man. The, the stuff, This stuff is really good. So there's a three-hour interview with this guy. That's awesome. So you hear a lot of it, and then there's good books out there and material. But you start hearing that. There's a lot of, even in the um, the Native American tribes, where the elders are coming out to tell their story. And a lot of them, it's interesting, because they go back to the star peoples, right? Some of the ones talk about specifically the Pleiadians, I believe. But it's, it's a connection, interesting connection, one, beyond our 6,000-year history. Because as I've seen it, that the religious structures and institutions have created frameworks, and even the texts they've selected to be canonical in the narrative it's helped create and if you want to get into the jesuit dynamic and just all all the way up where they influence a world belief system and the reason that the even upper echelon upper elites the ones that the pedophilic dynamic that's gone on for six thousand i mean more than that but if we put it in the six thousand year context they follow the different traditions of like worshiping moloch and pressing the child through the fire and a lot of the things because they are amplifying those realities those real uh energetic systems entities and things if you will from their repetitive belief in it and active practices um originally in that dynamic so uh anyway you see that part of their agenda is creating a belief system that we in general either you think the world is infinitely old and people are kind of open to we maybe came from aliens whatever but we're still caught up in the systems within our structure we had nobody's seen aliens land here no regardless what you believe well not no one <laughs> there are many i totally take that back and i hope to be one soon um in a positive way not in the not in the negative ways that happened earlier on in the 50s and you know there's a lot of different dynamics there that are other topics for like tomorrow night probably who knows whatever um my point is there's so much history that's that's lost you know there really really is and so just to validate what you're saying amplify what you're saying um yeah so all right on that note I've also got, I guess, one more book that is fitting with this. Uh, this would be Greg Braden, which is uh, Greg Braden, Joe Dispenza, and uh, Bruce Lipton are all super good buddies. And um, they all have their own really amazing material. So the spontaneous healing of belief, which is another dynamic. He gets into the same thing with Joe Dispenza from his own way. And this is what I was going to say earlier. So Joe Dispenza, who coined the term um you are the placebo 
I think believe he's in a motorcycle accident and his spine was shattered in a bunch of places and he was never going to walk again. He was likely going to be a vegetable, but you definitely would never walk again. And I believe he's in the hospital for three months or so or, or the last three months of his stay or something. It took him, um, he decided from based on growing up in his past experiences that he had a, a belief or at least a theory, right? That our thoughts create reality and that we can manifest healing through the visualization. And he spent those months like mapping out his body, like going through, getting a bunch of pictures of healthy spines, all those different things. Um, I'll post links to the books. Cool. I will do that. And then uh, also look for some good books to read. Could you recommend a few or maybe post a list on Facebook? That would be amazing. Good vibe. Lots of yeah. Okay. <laughs> maybe I can do that. Um, but well, maybe we can specify. I, I've got a lot of good books on a lot of different things or a lot of different thoughts. So maybe give me a specific um, framework, you know, or topic or subject. Uh, let's say, okay, so Joe Dispenza. So it took him like three months, but he was able to, I mean, he's totally fine now. His mind's totally healed. He's walking his, you know, Joe Dispenza is his own industry. You know, all the stuff he's done, it's really good stuff, <clears throat> really good material. Um, so, yeah, so that's his story. <clears throat> Excuse me. Him coining the frame, frame, phrase, uh, you are the placebo. And, uh, yeah, this is podcast number two. I can't believe we're doing this every day. This is like, it's going to become a thing. You know, like getting in new habits, like that's very odd for me doing something every day. And it, when it can go on for almost four hours... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You're going to see us like eating food on screen, just like doing stuff, which actually might be kind of a cool dynamic. So, yeah, appreciate everyone being here tonight. Six. We have six. All right. Record high, <laughs> which is awesome. It's cool, man. We're, we're happy to have the conversations, you know, regardless of how many people are watching. Yeah, we're trying to find ways to get in front of more people, just interact with more people. You know, I think they're they're cool conversations and like think the dynamic Frank and I had going, all three of us, I mean, the when all three of us were on screen, like this is really cool. So it's awesome, man. We live in an era where this is doable and you know, it's cool and like you can feel the conversation more like conversations that we know we're having in front of other people. And then you get in the flow, it's like, okay, trying to create that flow state of like, all right, guys, let's just talk, man. Like really, let's just chat. Maybe just energetically, like setting my intention that way or whatever, and then seeing cool places that we go into. So anyway, maybe we'll see some of you tomorrow night. Um, yeah, well, gosh, it's what, 12, almost 12, 12 here. AM Seattle. I don't know if I've said that or posted that. I'm in Seattle and then, uh, uh, what, and then Zach's on the West coast too. So we're uh, in the area. Um, uh, let's see. Interested in anything really, uh, quantum physics, philosophy, healthy, spirituality, anything. Can't wait for this one. <laughs> okay. Um, fair enough. I will, I will figure out, uh, a list or I'll intuitively tune to some books for you. Willow beavers. How's that sound? Sounds good. All right. I'm starting to get tired. <laughs> okay. Okay. Everyone have a good night. Uh, and we will hopefully catch you tomorrow. Take care.